0: I need a seven-letter word for nothing left to lose. This week on the Story Song Podcast,
1: I hear the tale.
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode, we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And this week, mm. we're pulling out one of the OGs, you guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's a couple on the board we got to knock off one of these days. And here we are. We're doing me and Bobby McGee. And of course, we're talking about the Jazz Joplin version, although yes. there are many others. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about the most famous one. Now, you know, obviously... And you guys can probably see this coming.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: First comment. Yeah. It's Bobby McGee and I. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that grammatical mistake has bothered me <laughs> for as long as I can remember.
3: Dan, That's can I, all I'm can I shatter yeah. your world? Oh, he's going to counterpoint no. it. It's not wrong.
0: <gasps> it's not wrong? How no. is it not wrong?
3: In the chorus, not to jump ahead to the chorus, when she says good enough for me and my Bobby McGee...
2: Mm-hmm. it wouldn't
3: be good enough for, for Bobby McGee and I.
2: Why not?
0: Because if you were going to drop the second person or whatever, if you're going yeah. to say me in the sentence, you would use me and Bobby McGee. If you were going to use I in the statement, you would say Bobby McGee and I. Like, you wouldn't say me and Bobby McGee went to the store. You would say Bobby McGee and I went to the store.
3: Right. Or, so say you this. take out the second yeah. person, so yeah, you wouldn't say it. "good enough for I."
0: Right. Let's let's do it this way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll I say this. We'll say this. I'll put it this way. The story is too too general. Let's say Bobby McGee and I went to Woodstock and uh, went in the mud uh, in all of our nature's glory, and then we right. got married by a priestess who was high on acid. So you because it would be <laughs> a normal, like a I totally got normal married story. a totally
2: yeah. a totally normal story. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. absolutely well okay but is is it okay so i see you're saying that the me might be okay but shouldn't bobby mcgee come first because it actually it wouldn't even change the rhyme if you said good enough for bobby mcgee and me you know what i'm saying uh
0: michael where are you think at about with that? This? think
2: about that think about that um
0: think about that we'll be back with this word from our sponsor <laughs>
3: <laughs> if we were ever going to get grammarly as a sponsor i think now's the time Um. I don't know. I think it's fine. I don't know. We
2: can move on. We can move on. I will
3: say um, the, oh, the, the one thing that is incorrect about the title. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that the only people who call him Bobby are his friends and his old lady. His real name is Robert McGee, the Gosh. third Esquire, and he prefers yes. that.
1: That's but true. This is that's his true.
4: old lady.
2: This is his old lady. She can call him Bobby. Sure, yeah. yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. She probably calls him like Babe or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but the
3: Um, the title should be me and Robert McGee. Sure. The third Esquire.
1: (laughs) Sure, sure,
0: sure. Tough on the rhyme scheme, though. This
2: guy seems like a real Esquire, as we're going to get
1: to. Yeah, but as
3: she's saying it, she could call him Bobby McGee because she is his old lady.
2: Right. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Um, Okay, Rachel. Yes. Why don't you tell us the story of this story song?
0: Sure. Well, this is about two people who were obsessed with grammar who found love (laughs) in an unusual space. No. Um, This story is about two hitchhikers who are traveling across the country together, finding their way, thumbing a ride, falling in love. But once their uh, journey is coming to an end, they seem to go their separate ways. And whether that is mutual or just by someone vanishing, we'll find out later.
3: It's not clear from the lyrics. Rachel, maybe you can tell us. Are they two hippies or two accountants? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think they're two hippie accountants.
3: I was definitely picturing like they're walking down a uh, uh, dusty highway in like sure. business suits.
0: Yeah, she's in a smart suit and uh, yeah. he's in a power tie.
4: Busted flat in Ben Rouge, waiting for a train on a near as faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down. Just before it rained That rode us all the way Into New Orleans I pulled my harpoon Out of my dirty red bandana I was playing soft While Bobby sang the blues Windshield whoppers Slapping time I was holding Bobby's hand in We sang every song That driving knew. Another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing, I and mean, nothing, honey if it ain't free. No, no. And yeah, feeling good was easy to when it sang aboose. You know, feeling good was good enough for me. Good enough for me and my body. Yeah.
2: I will say, and I, I hope this is interesting for the audience couple of things in here that, I like, reading the lyrics, I was just like, oh, okay, okay, now I get it. Yeah. I didn't fully, I didn't fully understand, like, not, not like I didn't understand the story-wise, but just a couple of little details. Sure. That, I like, reading, not only was I like, oh, I get it I was like, oh, yeah, I probably should have realized that earlier, Um, but I've, like, this is one of those songs, and we can talk about this, this is one of those songs that I don't remember the first time I heard this song. Mm-hmm. This is like this is a song that's just always been there. Sure. So like mm-hmm. whatever my seven year old brain interpreted this as, it has just stayed that way. Yeah. <laughs> like I've yeah. never like given it a second thought as to like what they're actually talking about in here. Um and we're gonna start right at the top. So busted flat and Baton Rouge. Okay. First of all, she says Baton Rouge like real quick. She like she's like Bat Rouge. Mm-hmm. So like I, I probably at some point I figured it out, but I did not realize I, that it was like Baton Rouge, the city. Right. But busted flat in Baton Rouge. Maybe you can guess what I'm about to say. Yes. I thought they had a flat tire.
1: Right. Uh,
2: they have a busted flat in Baton Rouge. Right. And so they're waiting for a train.
3: Oh. Yes. Yeah, I think I kind of thought that too.
2: Or. <laughs> I now realize what what, well, what, you're talking about, but what it most certainly means is that they are flat broke. Yeah. Because they, they don't own a car. <laughs> These people <laughs> certainly <laughs> do not own any they kind of might, car. Or maybe I'm wrong. They
3: might. Yeah, yeah. They might own We don't it. need Here's a the car, man. No.
0: Here's the thing. Cars back then cost $29.99, like $29.99. <laughs> so if you got a flat tire, it was better to just leave it be. Just leave it. And it. then just take a train and thumb your way across country rather than get it fixed. But right. I, I don't know whether it is busted flat, meaning we busted a flat in Baton Rouge and now we're waiting for a train, or it's that we have no money. I do think probably it means we're busted flat, meaning we're. we're I think it means
2: because I think they've no been money. hitchhiking yeah. around, right? I don't think they own a car. Also, I mean, not that I need a story song to go into every minor like sit, um, situational detail, but I think if you have a flat tire, like you're gonna, you have to do something about that. You can't just abandon your car, <laughs> even right. if it is twenty nine ninety <laughs> nine and get it and get a train. The other thing that I also realized was bus busted flat in bat Baton Rouge waiting for a train. They're not waiting to buy a ticket for a train. Right? Most likely Probably. they're waiting to hop a train. Yeah. And be in the, uh, you know, what's, what's that, like a cargo yeah. car of like a train. Hobos. They're hobos. Like they're essentially, they're, hobos. they're, yeah, they're, they're early seventies hippie hobos right? going from place to place with no money whatsoever um and no means of of transportation other than you know illegal ones right not that i'm like gonna get into the moral quandaries of (laughs) hopping a train i don't particularly care but it is illegal what a narc uh, for oh my gosh
0: (laughs) oh my gosh excuse excuse me station agent station agent um those people are trying to hop a train
2: look am i part of the trans body community Yes, I am. It's a hobby I enjoy. Is it mostly to make sure people aren't hopping trains when they have not bought a ticket? Sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. So yeah. look, it's just something I enjoy is destroying other people's lives. Yeah. Okay, that's what can I tell you? It's something I like that's to
0: do. Right. Excuse me, those people are wearing dungarees.
3: <laughs> Keep an eye on them. Relaxes me. Dan's basically like, uh, this is a song about two people who just need to get a job.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> these, these two characters are... Uh, and I mean, characters in the song, not like, look at these characters um, mm-hmm. there. Every time there was an episode of All in the Family where Mike and Gloria brought friends over. Yes. To clash with uh, Archie Bunker. Yep. Um, that's them. That's these yes. two people.
1: Yes. Right.
2: And they always seem surprised when they clash with Archie. And it was like, yeah. who
3: you live with? <laughs>
1: like,
0: what do <what'd> you think <laughs> was yeah. going to happen? You knew this coming you... in, man.
2: What, what Do you think uh, Archie was going to take this in quiet reservation? <laughs> like, you know, he was just going to let it slide off his back? Right, come on. Come on, come on meathead. You got to know better than You're that. You're being
0: a real meathead, meathead.
3: <laughs> when he brings over, like, that one random friend who just refuses to talk. Um, right. That was a weird
2: episode. <laughs> okay. Good talk. I don't remember
1: that yeah. one.
3: but <laughs> No, there was one where, like, there, there were two friends. They were both hippies. I don't know what the problem was other than uh, one of them, like just like talked with her eyes or something because uh, I, I was don't know. a weird know. hippie. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Archie wasn't having it.
2: Wow, this sounds great. Yeah, I'll definitely. it's a good out. episode. Um, a Dan, I so think in this of-
3: situation though, you're Archie. Yeah,
2: definitely. <laughs> um,
3: Narking on Mike and Gloria's friends.
2: Uh, Busted flat in Baton Rouge waiting for a train. And I was feeling near as faded as my jeans. That's a good line. It's a good line. Bobby thund- thumbed a diesel down just before it rained. It rode us all the way into New Orleans.
0: I've, so, I have two things. Oh, go ahead, go ahead yeah, Michael. Yeah. No, go ahead, Michael. Go, you go.
2: Are they hitchhiking? Or, like, is
3: it a diesel train? Is it a diesel truck? Like, if he thumbed it down... You're yeah,
1: hitchhiking.
0: You, you your hitch thumb down, a train, you like down like a train. The conductor isn't like, you're, you're, "Oh, hold on, everybody, we're just
2: gonna,
1: <laughs> hold we're on just a gonna go ahead and Bro, I gotta, I got I got break go. down for thirty
2: sec for
3: 30, <laughs> thirty minutes. So but I they're I waiting for, for a to train. Is the, up. Are the is the train station no. right next to the highway?
2: No, obviously they were waiting for like when the train was gonna leave. But then instead, in the meantime, Bobby managed to thumb down a yeah. a an eighteen wheel diesel truck.
0: Yeah. Bobby, they realized, the hey, New yeah, they realized, hey, it's the late '60s, early '70s. We can hitchhike, and it'll be safe, right? I always okay. thought it was Bobby Thumbed a Diesel Dan, and I was like, I don't even know what the hell that <laughs>
1: means. I don't, <laughs> I don't know
0: what that means. There are so there are a lot of points in here that I'm gonna be like, when I was a child, this is what I thought this said, and it made <laughs> no sense. But I was like, yeah, I get it. This is how hippies yeah, talk. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with hippie talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> hip. I get it. I mean, um, this is the yeah, yeah, this is the
0: first part where it's like this is a very 60s, 70s song because you're not thumbing down a diesel nowadays. If you are, you're taking, you're really taking a risk.
1: I mean, really I want to
0: be
2: clear. I want to be clear on something. It's not like we invented murder in 1976. Like these things were going <laughs> no. on. They just weren't as publicized.
0: No, but I think also it was a culture back then. Like, Absolutely. If you if you saw a hitchhiker in the 60s and 70s, unless you were like those people, like those old ladies clutching their pearls and the man with, who wears the hat and tie while he's going driving in his auto car, um, yeah. you would be like, hey, let's pick these guys up and let them ride with us. Nowadays, if you saw somebody trying to hitchhike, you'd be like, that person's gonna murder us. You keep driving. <laughs> actually, you drive faster because they might also be a terminator and they might be able to catch up to us. <laughs> right. So it was, it was, it was commonplace back then.
3: Oh, look at one, that murderer one. on the side of the highway.
2: That's right. I mean, I also I don't want to go too far down this this road. No pun intended. Um, but I mean, I think there was also like speaking of Chris Christopherson, it's like when we watch Convoy and like the the political and the cultural. Um, culture, I guess, yeah, um, in that movie was like incomprehensible to us, right, right, which is to say, I think your average truck driver and your average hippie in nineteen seventy one were a lot closer philosophically, yes, than they would be later on, sure, you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah. now, now the truck driver, and I don't mean the stereotype. But now the truck driver is mostly like, "Get a job, hippie." Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm a, As I'm opposed a to like, man. "Hey man, we're all, hey man, we're all in this together." Right. Like, I get it. You need to ride to New Orleans. I'd happy to take it. Like that. That those yeah. days had, are long gone. There was like a brief moment when the, the there was the the famous hippie trucker um, talks uh, of, sure. of 1969, sure. where they mm-hmm. got that all figured out. Eventually, yeah. unfortunately, that that ended up dissolving. But the yeah, convoy I think for Right. The convoy yeah. Accords, Yeah. So I think for a while there. It was it was a little more realistic. Although again, I'm sure there's somebody hitchhiking as we speak. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. I also feel like it's one of those things where, like, you know, there's look serial killers, they're out there. <laughs> uh, it happens. And, you know, they like I said, they got publicized, but it's not like, you know. Again, I don't think. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's any more dangerous now than it right. was then. I it just feels more sure. dangerous. Sure. But, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: the other thing I will say that I that made me um that I, I didn't really think about until this moment, uh, or until looking looking up this song to to do the research is, do you know how long it is in a car from Baton Rouge to New Orleans?
1: I don't It's an I hour mean...
0: and a half, so
1: okay.
0: it's not that long. Well, it's not I that know, long, but,
1: but if but, they could have but, walked it.
2: no, that's what I was gonna say, but if you don't have a car. An hour and a half drive is like a, you know, multiple days walk. Okay,
0: Here's the other thing. Yeah. New Orleans is like south and like, there's no place to, if you're going from Baton Rouge, if you're trying to get cross country. You're not going from Baton Rouge to New Orleans. You're, well, it's the wrong way. And you can't go. You've just got like, you know, then you've just got like the bayous at that point. Like there's no, you know, there's nowhere to go from there. You're, you should really go from right. New Orleans to Baton Rouge. What I'm saying is these hitchhikers don't know where they're going. So if he's like, if he's like, I'll, I'll take you to New Orleans. And they're like, yeah, that's great. Wait, weren't we just in New Orleans? Aren't we going the other way?
2: You know where they're that's going, Rachel? Saying. Where? Where the road takes them. There you go. Well, that's what I there was going to say, I mean, is there something in, well, that's the question for you. Is there something in New Orleans? Are they going there for a reason?
3: Mardi Gras. Uh,
0: I'm guessing they're just going for the beignets and the chicory coffee. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: well, because Rachel, Rachel, I, as I feel know. once again, I feel once again, are, like it's <laughs> difficult to reach back into this point in time right Um, because I will say one thing that hippies were known for uh-huh. is uh, a lot of long term planning sure yeah. that's, uh, true. that's true they definitely had a that's like true. multi a multi month well- like planned out process of how they get no they're just going wherever they're just going whatever. I mean presumably they're in Baton Rouge and they're like we gotta get out of town because we're busted flat and we just ate in that diner we can't afford to pay right so we got to get out of here listen, before someone figures it out. Yeah. So they're just they're just going anywhere.
0: And, and listen, I will we'll get to in the next in the next uh in the next couple of verses, but I definitely. Maybe looked too deep into their travel plan and like tried to Mm -hmm. map out on like, you know, the Google (laughs) Maps of, well, what if they start here and went here? Like, I'm all about like economy of movement when it comes to to road trips. And these Mm -hmm, guys didn't have it. They didn't have it. I'm sorry. They just didn't have it. Maybe, maybe they didn't have Google. Maybe they didn't have Google Maps. I don't know why they wouldn't have Google Maps. Why would you not use Google Maps?
3: All they had was MapQuest. It was the early 70s. Unbelievable. You know why they were going to New Orleans? Why? They just opened a new Ikea, and Mm, they could not wait to check it out. So nice. So
2: nice. Hey, honey, do we want to go to New Orleans? Check my carefully written out spreadsheet of each place we need to go. (laughs) All right, I'll check it. Thank you. Yeah, it's my very carefully kept hippie plan for getting across (laughs) the country. Oh, my gosh. I spend weeks writing it out, so I'd appreciate it if you would use it. I'm sorry if that sounds sarcastic, but I put a lot of work into my hippie plan. So if you could just take a look before you ask me dumb questions. Bobby's a bit of a jerk, but he worked really hard on that plan. He should. Sure so I kind of get, he sure it. I get did. it. I get where he's coming from.
3: I will say uh, that he thumbed a diesel down just before it rained. Mm hmm. And that's too bad because I feel like, and again, I don't know a lot about these characters, but just what I'm envisioning, like getting caught in a rainstorm would not be the worst answer for them.
2: Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now who's the narc? Oh my God. <laughs> like, get a job, take a shower. All right. And then we'll talk.
0: <laughs> D- Michael would get like, Michael would get two tickets to Woodstock be like, hey, you want these free tickets to this amazing music festival? And he'd be like, oh, no. Thank you very much. I-
3: I have to bring my own chair? Oh my no, thank no, thank you. Oh my gosh,
0: no thank you.
3: No, I do not listen to music outdoors, thank you.
0: I will be going to an Excel conference.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> 30, uh, 15 years before Excel is made. Sure, well. All right,
3: all right, I will, maybe. I want to
2: get in line early.
3: Maybe it's a <laughs> little bit narky, but like, tell me that these two hitchhiking hippies in 1971
2: are not covered in dirt. Yeah, of yeah
0: course, they, probably are. they probably are. They're hippies. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. That's
2: true. <laughs> have you ever seen, like, have you ever watched, like, an old-time, like, low-budget movie? All right? Just stick with Never. me. Never. I'm talking, like, from, like, the 60s and 70s. Have you oh, watched, yeah. like, an exploitation movie? Here's a little detail um, that you can look for. If you ever happen to find yourself watching a movie like that. Everyone's feet are filthy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you ever see the bottom of everyone's feet, they're like black. It's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) You're like, and everyone just, I mean, the problem. Sure. We've talked about this many times before. The problem is everyone smoked. So everyone just smelled awful. All the time. All the time. So it was impossible to distinguish between awful smells. Once everyone stopped smoking, which I am 100% in favor of. From a health wise, but the problem is that everyone could smell you. And then yeah. you had a million different smells you had to deal with. Back when you just had cigarette smoke, that covered up everything. So <laughs> it didn't matter what other weird smells were coming off of you. Yeah. Everybody just
3: smelled like Philip Morris and mothballs. Just how much they would have benefited by being caught in the rain, um, we have evidence of that in the next verse.
2: Well, so they were, it wrote us all the way into New Orleans. So they're now in New Orleans, all right? Uh, well, I guess they're on their way to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I pulled out my harpoon. Wait, I pulled my harpoon yes. out of my dirty red bandana.
3: Okay. So even the bandana should get caught in the rain.
2: I mean, it's it's got a harpoon in it. So it's a pretty big
0: It's covered in whale. It's covered in whale guts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: They're yeah, going yeah, yeah. to New Orleans to go whaling. Of to go. Whaling. Um so, so here's the thing.
2: I don't if, if no, you think like, that jumping
3: on a train without a ticket is illegal, uh, yeah. whaling is definitely Going illegal. Yeah, whaling. yeah. So they're just breaking uh, laws left and right.
2: So I pulled a harpoon out of my dirt. Now, I I never, I don't know if I ever really knew what he said there, or she said it there. I pulled my harpoon right out of my dirt right now. Because then when she says, I was playing softly while Bobby sang the blues, I always assumed she was playing the guitar.
0: No, I think she's playing a harmonica.
2: Yeah, the right. harpoon is harmonic.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, harpoon.
2: what else could it be? There's only certain. Yeah. What are you gonna pull, a pull out of a dirty small red window bandana? of of was well, it? There's a small window of instruments you can pull out of a band. Maybe it's a
0: mouth harp. Boing boing. Oh Sure.
2: Wow, what a, <laughs> well, <laughs> what a <laughs> noise <laughs> in a small <laughs> t-
0: truck cab.
2: Could be a kazoo. Uh, uh, could be a kazoo. I
0: think it's it's a it's
2: a harmonic. I think it's harmonica. Uh,
0: but I um, I mean I I was.
2: So, but I again I always assumed that she was playing the guitar because yeah. that would make the most sense, right? But there's another thing that I don't think I'd ever fully given a thought to, that she's playing the harmonica while Bobby's saying the blues. Right.
3: Or we don't know how big that bandana is.
2: Well, that, yeah. She could have I mean, pulled a cello
3: a out of it. She's traveling cross-country
2: with her tuba. <laughs> is, this, is this bandana on her head?
0: No, it's in her pocket. Oh, it is. What okay. do you think? All she's right. like... <laughs> holding my mask. i ...under her head... head that's curfew? what i mask asking. That's... I don't
2: know. Ridiculous. She, maybe always... she
3: has it wrapped around her neck like Fred from Scooby-Doo.
2: Sure. No. Well, it's when she says pocket. my dirty red... Or Charles Nelson banana, When she said her banana, I always imagined that she was wearing a banana on her head. So, because she's like a hippie chick. Isn't that what they... That's what they did. Yeah, they so... also kept
0: them in their pocket. But we'll, we'll also get into this in the backstory...
2: I think, okay. I think of, the bandana... what's confusing
0: everybody, but...
3: I, I wasn't sure, Dan, I, I thought, like, oh, maybe it is around her neck, maybe, like... But then, yeah, Rachel, to your point, like, would be really uncomfortable right. with a harmonica in it. So I think it was probably... No. The harmonica was stored in the bandana. It was yeah, wrapped she, around... Yeah. Right, in her pocket. They yeah. both...
0: They're both old-timey hobos, so it's on their spindle. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> their bandana spindle. It's a stick spindle. with a
3: bandana. That's right. And all of their positions in it. Yeah. It It is funny that, like, I don't think they were concerned with keeping anything clean, but that bandana, that uh, harmonica needs to be wrapped in a bandana and put sure. in your pocket, because that must be
2: immaculate.
0: That'll get rusty, right. and then it won't have the same timbre to, like, tone I to guess, it. I guess, yeah, you know? I
2: just... The bandana is just to protect it to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, so. I bet the screen uh, of her
3: smartphone is all cracked though, right?
2: <laughs> I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues. Windshield wipers slap in time. I was holding Bobby's hand in mine. We sang every song that driver knew. I think that's another positive towards hitchhikers. Yeah. Back then is it was just company. Sure. Right? C- Cause you didn't have podcasts, no. you know what I mean? <laughs> like hitchhikers were your podcast. <laughs> probably there was probably even pretty pretty wide sections of the country where there were just no radio stations. Sure. Yeah. Right. So they're probably was just like, well, I'm just gonna be on the road for six hours or an hour and a half or whatever. Like it'd just be nice to have someone to talk to, and then and you're just like shouting out songs, like uh, you know, and then they're yeah. they're just playing them. It gives it, it passes the time.
0: And I'll tell you what, if this was nowadays. Every single mm. one of those hitchhikers would have their own podcast. Every single one of them. Oh my gosh! They would or just would be going least... across the country, just getting into a trucker's cab and just asking them their story. And the trucker would yeah, be right. like, "You are the fifth person on my <laughs> on my ride." That's actually not, not a bad story. idea. Take your so I think we off. should
3: we should copyright that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they'd have a podcast. They would definitely have a YouTube channel.
2: Oh they're, yeah, they're like yes. Oh, maybe they're live streaming. Van the whole life time.
0: people. Oh, they're van yeah. life people. Oh my gosh, <laughs> without a doubt, we decided to give it all up, and we're living in this van. It cost us one hundred and fifty thousand right. dollars to redo <laughs> and renovate, but we're really living off the grid now. Mm-hmm. Those people drive me insane. <laughs>
3: we're really living off the grid. Yeah, here's our YouTube channel. That's right. Uh, which, by definition, is the grid. That's a hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Nobody's gonna be able to control our lives, but if you could just do me a favor and subscribe <laughs> and follow and add our Patreon or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway um,
2: the, uh, I, I thought you were like, gonna say if it was today, like the trucker they're like, all right, so what's how do you want? Um, let me think. Can you do about, about damn time by Lizzo? Do you know that, you
0: guys <laughs> do you know know that one? one? Do you know that on the harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, everybody YouTube harmonica versions of About
2: Damn Time by Lizzo because they got exist. Hear it. They, they got percent exist.
0: exists. I want to Some hear it. Con-
2: Some guy in a converted van is definitely doing that <laughs> right now. Yes.
0: I will say yeah, this. Yeah.
2: Do you think
0: first of all this the line windshield wiper slap in time I was holding Bobby's hand in mine. Oh my gosh, that that's is great! Like perfection. Oh, everything's oh about it's perfect. First of all, it's set up in the in the verse prior because just before it right. rained, so it's this, set yeah. up, and then yeah. there's a payoff. Are yep. you kidding me? This is like amazing plot work. It's incredible.
2: Well, uh, and it's also just it's also just that hippie thing of like being present in the moment, sure, and like taking you know what I mean, like oh we'll just the we'll go by the beat of the windshield wipers,
1: right? Like, well, yeah, right.
2: I, why fight against anything we'll just kind of go with the flow yeah it's you know I mean? it's
3: it's making making something out of like your surroundings right right like we don't we don't right. even have to tap our feet we've got the windshield wipers yes. but at one point I, I think she did say can you turn off the windshield wipers I only use my own metronome so mm-hmm. right
0: I brought it though don't worry it's in my dirty blue bandana um,
3: <laughs> the- it's right here and then they turn off the windshield wipers and
2: <laughs> the driver cannot see yeah. they go right off a cliff
3: <laughs>
0: But my, my other question is this It's about damn time ah! <laughs> my, other, my other question is this What are the chances that the driver Asked them to sing any of these songs Or oh, if he's just I, Or if he's just I, like I, You know we can just sit in silence I asked just sing one right. song And uh, we just <laughs> kept on going I can't think of any more songs Because you've <laughs> sung them all And now I'll never be able to listen to them
2: again
3: driver's well, just like Ugh, is- this was a mistake
2: <laughs> i mean if you get if you get him with this i was kind of was saying if you get him with a truck driver in 1971 right and the guy's probably like maybe his 40s i mean that guy knows what 19 songs at most right. like <laughs> it's not gonna be that much now That's he would good, know yeah. hundreds yeah. it would be a real problem if it right. was like they were just driving around a parking lot in in uh in New Orleans and he's just like you guys are going to sing every song that I know. They're like can we yeah. please just get out of the truck? <laughs>
1: um they're like he, they're, no, and I'm he's sh- like
0: he's like no, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Killers and I want you to play their entire discography and exactly. and you know what? None of the hits. I want all <laughs> I want all deep cuts, man. All deep cuts yeah, yeah. of the Killers.
2: <laughs> um yeah, I'm sure he was charmed. I'm sure he was very sure because again, what else is he going to do? He's going to sit there in silence <laughs> yeah. going down the road. So uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he was, he was, he was really excited about these kids and what they were up to. Sure.
3: Um, it's unfortunate that all he knew in terms of music was uh, German opera.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well,
3: but on a harmonica that's,
2: gorgeous, that's the life you got to yeah. know every song. Um, okay. So now we're going to get into the chorus. And I'm going to go, I'm going to ask both of you a question Mm -hmm. individually. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Rachel, Mm -hmm. how do you interpret that line? What do you think she's saying?
0: Well, I was always confused by it because it sounds pessimistic. Yes. But the idea behind it is... We have shed ourselves of like the material things, and we are truly free. That's what yes. I take it to be. That like we're free now because we don't have jobs, we don't have anything. It's just the two of us,
3: except for our GoPro and our Wi-Fi. Right, right.
0: That's how I take
3: it, and a- Michael. Um, I always sort of interpreted it as being positive even though nothing left to lose seems seems fairly negative. Yeah. I think I always I always just thought it was sort of just a celebration of them feeling free and not being tied down by anything.
2: Right, but it's the nothing left to lose that sounds right bad, yeah. for lack of a better word. Well, I'm just sort of wondering, I guess that's my well, question. Well, that's why Do for lack d- of
3: a better word, it's they're using freedom.
2: But I'm saying, do you interpret it as, like, they're saying this is a good thing, like, that we are free, or are they just like, we have nothing left to lose.
1: Mm. Like, yes,
2: we're free, but we also have nothing left to lose, which also is not true, but I'll get to that in a second. But just being like, we're at rock bottom. Right. Like, so we (laughs) are free, but just by nature of the fact that no one's looking for us, no one cares where we are. You know what I mean? Like- Um, like we have nothing. We, we, we don't have to worry about like paying taxes or like showing up for Monday for a job because we have nothing. So in that way, we're free, but also we have nothing left to lose Yeah, because literally we have nothing.
3: But I, I, no, that's a good point. I, I think they see that as a positive. That's what Um, I think. I think nothing left to lose means that they have nothing tying them down. I think they have, um... I don't think rock bottom is what they would consider rock bottom. Yeah. I think they see okay. it as freedom. I think they see it as as living in the now and yeah. and just living life.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, you have to put it in the time that it comes from. I mean, in the in the late sixties, yeah. early seventies, everybody wanted to drop out. You know what I mean? And and oh, yeah. out of the society. And so yeah, having nothing left to lose is not a rock. A rock bottom to them would be having a nine to five job and not being able to go wherever you want with your harmonica oh. and your old man. That would be rock bottom to them.
1: Right. So okay. that's what.
0: So, and, and, and if you go to the next line, I think that that goes into it, which is we can read it, Dan, and then I'll say my thing.
3: Well, before uh, you do that, though, I think, mm-hmm. um, I think that that first line kind of accomplishes that. I think what somebody might look at them and say, oh, they have nothing left to lose. And what she's saying is, well, that's just another way to say freedom.
1: Right. But what right. I'm saying, I mean, I-
0: but, but I'm saying the second line really emphasizes that part of like, you could have nothing, but nothing to you. Like you could be in a dead end job, still have nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you don't have that freedom. Right. You still have nothing. So it's those two together make up the hippie code.
2: <laughs> the
0: dream <laughs> of the hippie, if you will.
2: Um, so so freedom is just another word for nothing to lose. Nothing don't mean nothing, hon, if it ain't free. No, no. Right. Um, I know you guys are saying, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. Sure. But I think there's also an interpretation of like, yeah, freedom's not that great. Everybody talks about they want to have freedom. I'm actually free. And all it means is you have nothing left to lose. You have no, you have no, nowhere further to fall. So I'm free. Hooray, right. I guess. Like, I think that's, that, that is maybe another interpretation of it. Sure. You know I think I mean? so. But Where I think like,
3: from her perspective, I don't think that's a bad thing.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I mean, I think it is maybe supported by the second line of nothing. Don't mean nothing unless, you know, it's free. Right. Right. So you can live in your little corporate world, but you don't, you don't actually know what it is to be alive. Sure.
3: Well, and it's also like, you know, the, the, the best thing in life, best things in life are free kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it matter? What does anything else matter if it's not the stuff that's free?
2: Sure. Sure. I mean, the best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees because I want money. That's, that's, that's what I want. But <laughs> I want. That's what, that's I, what want. I want. And I want to catch people hopping trains and knocking out (laughs) to the
3: police. That was the B side of this song. And it was the most confusing 45 ever released. (laughs) That's right.
2: What is Um, your message? And feeling good was easy, Lord, when he sang the blues. You know, feeling good was good enough for me. Good enough for me and my Bobby McGee.
0: Aw. So
2: I
3: think that's the answer to it.
0: Yeah, they're living the hippie dream. Yeah. Yeah. All All they they have are them. And their boo, as we would call them nowadays.
1: Sure. And
0: the open road. And maybe a hot meal every once in a while. And a kind truck driver to take them an hour and a half (laughs) at a time.
2: You're really hung up on this.
0: I mean, just it doesn't (laughs) seem like that much of a especially if he's like, if they're like, where are you headed? I'm headed to New Orleans. We'll go there. I mean, it's only an hour and a half. Like, I'm a long-haul trucker. I'm at the end of my ride. You can get again, somebody to take like, you fifteen hours.
3: Where are you headed
1: across town? Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: but I, I think like Michael I think like Michael alluded to, like, we don't know what the train's not leaving for a while. And it's about to rain. That's so fine. anywhere is better than here. That's fine. You know Listen, what I, mean? I, I can like they don't I have a plan. On. Well I'm just saying they don't have a plan. Like they're like, all right, great. You're going to New Orleans? Listen, Sounds good.
0: I can move on. We'll go, anywhere. Until, we'll
2: go anywhere.
0: I can move on until lessons learned. I, I, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: They just, they have to keep moving. That's, that's the hippie code sure, right yes. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's also an interesting, um, in 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 the, the middle of the chorus, there's an interesting line where uh she says, and feeling good was easy, Lord, when he sang the blues. So right. he's singing the blues and they're still feeling good. Sure. Like with this freedom, right. they have nothing to feel blue about.
1: Right.
2: Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they had nothing to feel blue about, but just like listening to him sing. Yeah. Right? Like she's yeah. saying. Like it's But it's, it's interesting
3: easy. that that the lyrics are sing the blue. He could have uh, feeling good was easy Lord when he sang show tunes, you know? Like it could have been
2: <laughs> right anything
3: else but like the she's fact that
2: there.
0: <laughs> she's sitting there listening to Bobby McGee go clang 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 with the truck <laughs> ding 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 with the bell and she's like that's my man that's my old man how do you
1: like him the truck, truck driver was like do
3: something from Camelot <laughs> uh... I... <laughs> but the fact that it's the blues <laughs> when they are <laughs> when they are clearly not blue or yeah. like there's there's almost a uh a... I don't know. There's there's almost like a um I I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's
2: nice. You well can well just say I say nice. I mean I don't know I yeah, I mean Well it's I just nice, don't but it's
3: also kind of like I mean, are they is is there a legitimacy to them singing the blues? You know?
2: Right. Well, I mean again, I don't like I understand that they're, they're not
3: blue. They're, they're they're having a good time.
2: Well, but I don't know if that's true though. And I'm that's saying, the thing. Like,
3: maybe maybe they are indeed.
2: Well, I think I, mean, I also like it's also those things where I'm probably interpreting because like the person who sang the song. Sure. But I think what she's saying was it's easy to feel good because most of the time I don't. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's easy to feel good when Bobby sang the blues. Sure. Right. I mean, I, again, I don't think they're like they're like freedom is another word for nothing left to lose. Like, I don't think they're walking around and be like, our life is great. Everything is perfect <laughs> all the time. And we're super happy. Like, their life is hard. Right. I mean, they're busted flat. Like, they literally have no money. Yeah. So, like, even though, even though you're free, that still sucks. It's yeah, like not, it would be really hard. They're
0: not trust fund babies who are, like, taking a year off between, right. you know, high school and college. <laughs> like,
2: they're, exactly.
0: they're busted flat.
4: From the Kentucky coal mine, to the California sun. Hey shared the secrets of my soul. Through all kinds of weather, do everything we're done. Body next to mine freedom is just another word for nothing left
0: to lose so again so from new orleans to kentucky that is uh you have to, first of all you have to go through baton rouge <laughs> second of all <laughs> it's a babe, l- babe check the spreadsheet. it's a little bit east we're going the wrong way babe it's a little bit east you got to go east to go mm-hmm. to kentucky and then you go to california so uh, I, I, I think they're, just, they're going
2: all over. I'm just saying. Just going, I,
0: I'm just saying. Figure it out before you
2: go. They're going where the hippie wind blows. Okay. Yeah. Just wherever.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think wherever, wherever the, guy the who next truck up is going. Exactly.
3: That's where going. I think wherever the next truck is going is where they're going.
0: Okay. That's yeah. fine. That's not how I. That's not how I do road trips. But <laughs> fine.
2: <laughs> I mean, here's my question: What's wrong with the East Coast? Come on, come check it out. We got some good stuff right? over here.
0: It's a they're, quick They're going jaunt. from
2: Kentucky to California. You're leaving out a good like. The the fall in New England is beautiful. It's a quick, John. What, what are you doing? What
0: kind of snacks are you getting? Are you getting jerky? Mm. Are you getting chips? What are you getting? What are your snacks? What are know. your hippie snacks that you're having? But I, you know, my question is: um, Do they even really? But my question. <laughs> Good is, point. And then at that point, it's just any <laughs> any food after the weed.
2: But did they even have stuff like that back then? Like, could you just go into a store and buy like a bag of chips, like? Yeah, I don't even yeah. know how possible that was. Well, I'm a just saying, like. A bag of
0: I, chips? I, I, yeah, you could buy a bag of. Would you think you'd have to be like, I get to go to like the general store and ask him to fry up some potato chips? It's the late 60s, early 70s. Well, that's
2: what I'm at. I don't know. Do you think it's I the mean, 1860s? I, like, I
0: think Pringles like. Like, there are things like from point.
2: the 60s, but there are things from the 60s when they're like, Howard Johnson's. Now you can just eat on the side of the road. Right. And I'm like, wait, could you not do that before? Like, well, you're acting like this is a brand new concept. Right. Like at some point that became like a new thing. I think you're saying like, I think it was a lot tougher. Like, I don't think you could like, you know, stop at a truck stop and get like Burger King and like keep going. I think like it was like a more involved process. Like at every town that you stopped in, you had to like find the local diner. To eat at you know yeah what i mean, I, mean
3: I, I think when you're sure. on the road like on long stretches of highway yeah probably but right and but again yeah, like yes you could when buy 7-eleven chips sure but i'm
2: saying like when 7-eleven opened in like the mid-70s i think they were open from the ungodly hour of 7 a.m to the impossibly late <laughs> 11 p.m like this was sure. this people's minds just exploded when they found out that you could go into a store at 7 AM. Could you imagine? Could you imagine?
0: Dan, anyway. I'll tell you this. Pringles came yep. out in 1968. And Fair that enough. changed, the, that, game. So that changed, that changed the game. But <laughs> even that, so it's three years old. that's insane. That it, changed okay. the game, man. You mean all I right. can take this little little can and then I could put a top on it and then all of a sudden I get to like keep my chips fresh? My God.
2: I know. I'm just. Yeah, I, and that the future of
3: potato chip technology. That's right. Right. It's the only brand that does that. There's an episode of The Honeymooners where uh, Ralph Kramden, Jackie Gleason, mm. walks in. It's the episode where they, I think, they get the TV, and he goes out and he gets snacks and he comes in and he opens a bag of potato chips. So as what of I 1955, know. there were definitely bags of potato chips.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: He went to a, okay. a corner store. Yep. Right. In the what middle of Brooklyn. We call
2: it yeah. Um. Sure. Yeah.
0: So that's not even in this in this sh- in this uh, song, by the way. Um,
2: no, I know. I'm just I just want to be clear that when you're listening to something like this, like traveling back in the day was a lot, of course, more complicated and harder, very different than it is now. I'm just you know what I mean. Like they didn't have I'm GPS. Saying, they didn't have no. But again, you know, I'm saying like they didn't have roadside states because people didn't yeah. travel like they do today. So it was just like you'd have to go to the town and like. Or go to a town and mm-hmm. like find a place to eat. Like you'd have to go to Alice's diner, or
4: sure. whatever.
2: Like in every, you know, there was no like, you know. I mean, I guess McDonald's existed. Whatever, who cares? But I, w- I would uh, But listen- that,
3: that would be in town. That wouldn't necessarily be on to your point, like on the open right. road. Yeah, yeah. And it was Mel's diner. Alice never bought it.
2: You're right. I, I was. That's true. I mean, I was thinking she worked there, but yeah, she
3: worked there, and she yeah. she was a big presence there. But it or was like Diner. You
0: know. But I, was, yeah. I will say this, listen. But Arnold's I, was in town. Okay. I don't have Absolutely. a lot to say. I think say. Mel's was, was
3: oh more. <laughs> uh, Rachel, <laughs> we're more talking about time. Linda Lavin But that's right also <laughs>
2: later. But that's also later. That's also, it's 20 years later. So. Yeah. You know. I mean, I know not TV-wise, but I'm saying that, you know, it was supposed to be the, the mid-1950s on Happy Days.
0: Right. Er, right, right, right. From right. Arnold's to Alice to, to Mel's Diner. I will, s- yeah, yeah. I will say this, to bring us back early to... Early to rise,
3: early to bed, and in between I cooked and cleaned and went out you of did. my head. Uh, Rachel, please. Okay,
0: so <laughs> to bring us back to this song, which I will say, mm-hmm. it was my fault we went on this tangent, so I apologize. Oh, I- I don't, as you should. I don't have a lot specifically to say about this verse, because we like to tear it apart. We like to tear apart the <laughs> verses, but I... Like, sure. No, but... This is one of my favorite verses of any song. There's something about it that really, like, fully encapsulates the song and the feel of uh, what the songwriter wanted to portray in this one. In this one verse, and and I love it.
2: Can I give you our one of our famous tiny details that I love? Yes. Now I don't know if this was in the original song or if this is a change for the shop uh-huh. version. There, Bobby shared the secrets of his soul? Oh, no. My soul. Yes. I'm the one who opened up. So good. To Bobby. It's great. Yeah. It's great. So good. Um, and it's just like, it's that idea of like, trip from Kentucky to California, right? And it's, I mean, again, supposedly they're going all, they're probably going all over the place. Right. But through, you, you can see the montage through all kinds yeah. of weather, through everything we've done. Bobby kept me Bobby kept me from the cold the uh, both literally and metaphorically because she gets the blues real bad right but when Bobby sings the blues it was easy to feel good
3: yeah, yeah. and through all kinds of weather not just the change in oh, the even weather the weather
2: is metaphorical you're yeah. right I didn't even think of that going
3: from yes, place to absolutely. place it's the weather in, in their emotion it's the emotional weather exactly and right. the weather of their relationship
1: yes mm-hmm. yeah end it's- of
3: Mel's diner
2: Babe, right under the spreadsheet is the Farmer's Almanac. It'll tell you the weather for the next year. We're going to want to check that. In deciding where we're going.
3: We yeah. only have the Farmer's Almanac from 1792. Eh, it's probably this the is same. My,
2: Close enough. Guys, this is my famous character, the well-planned-out hippie. This is my personal edition. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm eager to hear what your decision will be. Thank
3: this is uh, yeah. and now Porn. the well-planned-out hippie in a different room. <laughs> Shouting to his old lady.
0: I think I saw Zach Galifianakis do that at the Purple Onion one oh, time. Ah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Damn it.
2: No, it's all right. I mean, I get it. You know, it's just it's just nice to know where I'm in good company. That's awesome. <laughs> one day up near Salinas, Lord, I let him slip away. Okay, where? What is Salinas?
0: Uh, Salinas is in California. I never knew what this said. I I always thought it. What did I think it was? One day up. And I always thought it was something like upended something like right. like he upended something.
1: I mean,
2: I definitely I thought didn't think like it was town. No, I didn't know what it said. I mean, I definitely thought it was it was like definitely was single along. I'd be like, one day, Lord, I let him slip away. <laughs> I don't think I really gave <laughs> a lot of thought yeah. as to what she was saying in those couple of words there. But okay, so I let him slip away.
1: What happened? Did.
2: Yeah. What happened? Was it just that he was like, "I gotta go my own separate way"? I don't know. It's it's the I let him slip away. Did she do something? Like did it was it like a real breakup or he was just like, you know, <laughs> I got I got to go my own way. What's the line from that? Um,
0: you can go your um, own way. The Fleetwood Mac song.
2: <laughs> no, but that's, good. <laughs> that's a good one too. Uh, no, the Mama Cass song where it's like, if you. Something about if you sing your own, kind make of music. your own kind of music, your own kind sing of, your own special songs. But there's some line about like people will leave you, but oh, you have to sing your own song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a thing about like you know people will walk away from you, but you have to continue singing your own song. If I can remember the, the yeah. line, I mean, it'll be more impactful. But is that he's it, just like I got to go my own way. Like I, I can't, I, I, think, I can't go on this journey with you anymore. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think I kind of think that's I kind of think that's what it is. I, I I think it's one of those. I I it makes it feel like these. This is the kind of relationship where they met each other like maybe while hitchhiking. Maybe that's why it's not it, they are not on the east coast. Maybe they've come from the east coast or one of them has come from the east coast and they meet each other somewhere, you know, and then they travel from that point on and they have this sort of like um like cap- capsule of a um love affair. And then at the, it's coming towards the end of the journey. And he's like, I, I'm going this way. You're going this way. So I got to just find my own way. And this, is, this was great for what it was at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's exactly what we both needed. But now's the time for us to go. Now, as yeah. a child, I always thought it was I let him slip away as if she had literally just lost him in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, like a lost dog.
3: <laughs> it was, it, no, it was like an adventure movie where uh, she's on the top of the cliff and he's sort of like right. hanging off and and she's yeah. like, do not let go. Do not let go. Yeah. yeah. And then she's right. like, oh, no, I just put on moisturizer and he slips away. Oh,
0: no. Away. And she's hoping that he finds that home, I guess, at the bottom yeah. of the canyon.
3: Yeah. I think what's so interesting and so sad about this lyric is, is the I let him slip away. Yes. There's. that there is so much in those like three words um it's not he slipped away it's i let him slip away so there is something there that we just don't know but i think the next line he's looking for that home and i hope he finds it i think yeah maybe the hippie life is not for him maybe he's looking for more stability then, oh, she he's can looking for. Offer.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or that, I mean, I or know
3: more than she wants. Mm.
2: I don't know if he's walking away from the hippie lifestyle, but like he's searching for something. Yeah, and everywhere they're going, he's not quite finding it. So he's going to keep looking. If I just say, just jump back real quick. That line from the Mama Cass, I was trying to think of is, so, so if you cannot take my hand and if you must be going, I will understand.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Right. So I think I think it's in it's in that area of she's just like hey man you gotta do you gotta do even though like she's horribly upset that he's leaving but she's also like I understand there's a there's something you're searching for and you're not finding it so if you have to go out on your own to find it yeah I mean that's that's way it's got to be
0: yeah and I think with these first these two lines, the first two lines of this verse I I do think there is a I I think there's an understanding of this is this is just how it has to be I don't think she's I think she's sad about it, right? I think she, it's, it's, there's a longing as we'll see in the next two lines, but I don't think there is, I don't think there was a falling out. I don't think that there was any sort of animosity and I don't think it was like, and I don't even think that like when he said, I've got to go, that she was like, no, please stay with me, please. You can't, you can't leave me, please stay. I think there was a resignation of this is the life I've chosen or like, this is just how we are. This is, right. this is what this was meant to
3: be. Or you this know? is just life.
0: This
2: is just life.
3: You know, it, this is all about kind of going with the flow.
2: Right. So um, she says, but I trade all my tomorrows for a single yesterday to be holding Bobby's body next to mine. Now, I would say there's a lot to unpack there, but I do
1: want to say, I don't know how intentional this is, but you did have one thing left to lose. Right.
2: So when she says there's nothing left to lose, she's... Her harmonica. She's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not... Damn it! Is that harmonica? That's not what you also, meant? Bo- also, wait, where'd Bobby go? Yeah. But, but most importantly, <laughs> I I that harmonica? I all my
0: tomorrows for a single yester... Oh my God, he took my harmonica. Forget <laughs> it. Of- Forget that it. Son
2: of a... <laughs> um,
3: yeah, Bobby, no, run after one- that truck. See if I left my harmonica <laughs> in the back.
1: She
2: had one thing left to lose. Yeah. It was Bobby it I mean, was she's Bobby. devastated. I would trade oh. all of my tomorrows for a single mm. yesterday.
3: that is one of the most heartbreaking Ooh. lines in all of
1: music.
0: It's so good It's I mean, this song holding Bobby's
2: body, God, she really loved him Beholding holding yeah. Bobby's body next to mine. that really hurts, man yeah, yeah.
0: this this is this is uh, i mean this is one of, I think, one of the best written songs ever. I mean, it's just so good. It's such a full story it's such a full Mm -hmm. picture we're not done yet um there's a little bit at the end and dan i i expect you to say every single one
2: of these words i going to do that (laughs) i mean we've you know this this almost sounds cliched or trite to say right right but i mean perfect marriage of song and singer
0: yeah of course
2: yes i mean i'm i'm sure
0: every other version is before
2: right i mean i'm sure every other version is good but you're you're never going to you know there's a singular soulfulness to this song that is impossible to replicate with anyone else right oh yeah yeah there's so much in the performance
1: yes of this yeah.
2: of this song right that you're 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 getting so much more than just the lyrics the lyrics themselves obviously are fantastic but yeah you're getting so much more with just the performance out of this without it um now I traded all my tomorrows for a single yesterday to be holding Bobby's body next to mine. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. So now she's truly free. She she does finally have nothing left to lose.
1: Yeah,
3: this the chorus really hurts here, huh?
2: So freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose, nothing, and that's all Bobby left me. Ugh. Now, oh my here god! Gonna, again, I don't know if this was in the original song or whatever, but I'm gonna give a oh yeah. thank you thank you for changing yes. the lyrics at the end so it's not just a repeat. Not only does it update the story, but it also is doubly heartbreaking, the change.
1: Mm-hmm. Nothing.
2: That's all Bobby left me.
3: So Bobby left her with freedom. Yeah. Right. He gave her the best gift he could possibly give her.
0: <laughs> That's just This is me. called spin. Now this is really nothing left to lose, yeah. Yeah. And even the, the whole, the whole, this whole chorus change is great. Just the the, you know, past tense of it all and things like that.
2: Right. Right. Feeling good was easy. When he sang the blues, feeling good was was good enough for me. Good enough for me and my body. So. Mm-hmm. Dan. So now. Yep, we're not done. You want to
3: read pa- the rest of the lyrics, Dan?
2: Hold on, as promised. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I really want to break these. I really want to break these down too. Each one. Yeah, we're
3: gonna go word by word.
0: Each line.
2: La da da. La da da da. La da 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 La da 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 Bobby McGee. Yeah. La <laughs> da 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 da. La da 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 da. La da <La-da-da-da-da-da-da>. da 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 da. Bobby McGee. La <laughs> da da. La da da. <laughs> La da 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 da,
1: la da 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 da. Hey, my Bobby, oh my Bobby McGee. Yeah. La 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 la
2: la 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 la, la 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 Hey, my Bobby, oh my Bobby McGee. Now Well, I call my lover, <laughs> call my man. I said I call my lover, did the best I can. Come on, hey now, Bobby now, hey now, Bobby McGee. Whoa. Michael, did you have to say, something? Did you to say something? No, I just, it's,
3: yep. it's funny that uh, we were talking before about Perfect Marriage of Singer and Song. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think we just found it.
0: I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. I have a tear in my eye. I have a tear in I my have... eyes.
2: <laughs> Don't taste the wrong way, but Janis Joplin, eat your heart out. <laughs> loses
0: one. nothing. Loses nothing when you say it like that. It's great.
2: La-da-da. There- La-da-da. La-da. 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 Hey, hey. Bobby McGee, yeah? La da, la da, la da, la da la da <laughs> la da la. Hey, hey, Bobby McGee. Yeah, that's the end. Okay.
3: Um Dan, you had me at woo. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> the reason I didn't want you to say all those is because really not for the la da 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 da, of course, but I want to make sure we didn't miss that that last part that is added in of her calling saying, Called him my lover, called him my ma'am, called him my lover, did the best I can. Like yeah. It, it, there's a little bit of like uh, this is what it was. This is I had this thing. And and the way it, it builds up even in the La Dada is like it's a there's like a wistfulness to it, looking back, and then she it's almost like the like it like re sparks the passion and mm. she has this like realization of like, oh, this was I did the best I can and this this was this was really great, you know? Like like this 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 so that calling him my lover, calling him my man, like It's that, it's the, I don't want to use this word in a certain way, but it's like the climax of that, of like, this is, this was it. This was the love of my life. Even no matter what time I, how how long it was, this was the love of my life and I did the best I can with it.
3: The writing, the singing, everything is perfect.
2: Let's do Expanded Universe.
1: Expanded Universe.
0: I mean, the first thing is, they're, they definitely find themselves in the convoy.
2: Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. Mean, the, oh, the guy man. who picks him up is, is Rubber Duck. There's not even a question. Not even a question. <laughs> not even a question
0: that it's Rubber Duck.
2: I mean, I, to be perfectly honest, I, like, I'm bored saying this because I mean, it's so obvious. That's like, like uh, yeah, what are yeah. we doing here? I mean, like, obviously. Yeah, that's that's obviously Bush they picked up by rubber duck. that's that's Are they in the convoy? Uh, you know, has the convoy started yet? Is, is we pass? I don't know, but I do know this they got picked up by Rubber Duck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, <laughs> that's right. not even a question. That's, that's it. not even a question. That's it. You can't, so. even,
0: you can't even unsee it because, as we all know, Rubber Duck's actual name, Chris Christofferson.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I mean, it's then like you can't they get even. picked up by Chris Christofferson, and then he's like, hey, I know a song. Yeah. It's called Me and Bobby McGee. Why don't you play that? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and then, like in a sitcom, the audience goes, Woo! It's like a total callback to something that they know.
0: That's right. That's right. Do you think one of the songs they sing is Copacabana?
1: <laughs> I mean, imagine that's could be over literally and over any again. of the songs.
0: But <laughs> Copacabana has like a peppy sound. I would imagine that the yeah, truck yeah. driver would want to hear that.
1: Sure.
3: You know? That's all. Truck driver's name is Lola.
0: That's right. That's right. I mean, I do yeah, think yeah, the yeah. truck
3: driver probably mm-hmm. said, um, "Hey, I don't know if you know this song, but it was used in a bread commercial." <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, do you think that they, mm-hmm. that Bobby McGee and let's call her Janice, are on the run from the law? Oh. Maybe
3: they do have some money. Yeah. Do you think they took it and ran?
0: Uh, do you think?
1: Could I mean, be. it makes sense
2: if, if they got to get out of Dodge. Right. If they got to get out in Baton Rouge, because uh, a certain lawman in Texas maybe is starting to close in. That's right. And they got to get out of there. That works for me. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You know, maybe when they're talking about being in California, it's because they're in Folsom Prison Blues. Ooh. Uh, or they're, they're in Folsom Prison hmm. <laughs> singing the blues <laughs> uh-huh.
1: um,
2: after they get caught. Think about that
0: or they or they can hear the train or they're on the train that goes past oh, Folsom yeah. Prison Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah, I bet yeah. that is right. Yeah, they catch a train to California and they pass Folsom Prison and the train yep. that they're on is the one that Johnny hears.
0: There you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go.
2: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I like that. I
3: feel like there's something some sort of please come to Boston thing in here, but I I just can't figure it out.
2: That's okay, Michael. Make that work. The important thing is you just kind of (laughs) (laughs) make it work. The important thing is you just mentioned it.
3: Don't worry (laughs) about it. Just mention songs. You guys figure out how it fits in. I
0: mean, listen. Is there? I mean, did
3: they did they end up in L.A. because somebody called her and Mm. said like, please come to L.A. Mm. I don't know. Could be. That's a song about different cities, and they go to different cities. So I'm standing by it.
0: I mean, my other my other question is this. I I understand we don't get her name right. I know we get his name. He's Bobby McGee.
2: He's definitely by me. But
0: does she have like maybe a nickname for him? Like okay. Robert
3: th- McGee the Tom- third Esquire?
0: As like Tom Frost.
3: okay. And this is
0: like the early relationship, but like, you know.
3: Right. He's well, calling. They were together through all kinds of weather. Yep. Including and Tom Frost. Frost is is uh brother of Jack.
0: Jack brother of Jack. Jack Frost. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Do you think when when she let him slip away, maybe uh he said that he would stay with her for a year and uh that was the end and Oh
0: my gosh. This is reverse singing the sunshine?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's the problem though. She's she's more than happy to let him leave and sing in the sunshine here, obviously. Uh, unnamed unnamed protagonist is pretty upset that Bobby has left.
3: Well, maybe she's it's gone. like it's a follow up to Will Sing in the Sunshine," where she's having second thoughts about her
2: whole philosophy. All right, mm, mm. I could buy that. Um, so while Rubber Duck is driving them, do you think he's telling them stories of like, yeah, this one time I was uh, I was driving uh, Mick Jagger's truck around the mobile <laughs> studio, and I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this casino caught fire. It was the craziest thing. It was so I've weird.
0: So weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You think any of those truck drivers uh, turned to them and said, I used to drive a truck in space. I'm a rocket man. <laughs> and they were like, We have to get out of here. Oh boy.
0: I will say this. Well, I, I I will I will say this. The reason they sang every song that driver knew was because mm-hmm. he had one A track and one eight track only. And yeah. it was a Limited run
1: <laughs> of an album uh-huh. by a
0: contest winner
1: okay. named Pearl. Yeah, and
0: he put that thing in. He's like, "Have you heard this is Pearl? She's a singer. This is the only song I know." And then they just played those songs <laughs> literally
1: the, only the
2: entire I
0: know. way from Baton Rouge to Louisiana.
2: I've only ever heard one song. This and this, this is it. it. This is the it's only, only one. track
0: I have. So this is all we got.
2: I like how like. Pearl didn't sell any records right? yeah. That was the premise Yet everyone in this world <laughs> Knows that song a... So <laughs> what, what I'm saying is In the story song universe There is totally a, a Searching for Sugar Man documentary yeah. About Pearl
0: <laughs> Yes Oh my god Yes that is so true That's 100% like, it
2: This mysterious album That yeah. is like beloved By people across the country in And no one, one knows
0: In this one area <laughs> yeah, no one
2: knows Called where Shantytown it came from. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh they only God. they only pressed a limited number of copies, but everybody in this world has it. Yes. I mean,
2: like I guess in, again in this world, Pearl is like the uh, the Velvet Underground. Yeah. yeah, like not they didn't sell a lot of records, but everyone who did started a band in the Velvet Underground case or became horribly depressed in Pearl's case. That's it's, right. It's one of those <laughs> two. Um, all right, and they all met each other. It was destined. <laughs> um. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. Hey, guys, if you're at work, you're on your feet all day, or you're behind a desk, guess what? You need some great socks, right? You want Mm -hmm. socks that are going to look good, they're going to feel good, because your feet are the foundation of everything you're going to do all day. And let me tell you a great place to get socks, boldfoot.com. Okay, It's 100% American-made, and your feet are going to feel good. And guess what? Your heart is going to feel good mm-hmm. because 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. They're family and veteran owned.
0: And they have amazing bold patterns and bold names like Bricklayer, Firecracker, and Jailbird. And they have any kind of sock that you could need. They have athletic socks, dress socks, and they even have compression socks.
2: Absolutely. Guys, everybody needs socks. You don't want to think about it, but you want some good socks. When you're, when you're getting out of the shower in the morning, you got to put some socks on your, uh, your feet. Let's get some nice looking some mm-hmm. nice feeling socks on there. Don't okay? me- no
0: messy socks. No messy no. feet. No. You want bold right. feet, not messy feet.
2: You know what? My days are already looking up because the <laughs> socks are looking good. Go to boldfoot.com. That's B-O-L-D-F-O-O-T.com. Grown here, sewn here.
0: Thank you to Boldfoot for sponsoring this episode of the Story Song Podcast.
2: All right, welcome back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Uh, Rachel. Yes. Can you tell us how this story came to be? Can well, I ask one question before you start that? Uh, sure. I don't know if you got into this, but mm-hmm. I assume Chris Christopherson's parents. Yeah. Right?
0: Disliked him? They
2: took <laughs> No, they took one look at him and was like, this guy is a guy that we can have his first name sound like his last name. Yeah. And nobody's going to give him guff. That's right. I think Th- so. He'll just take one look at them. Yeah. Because he'll be like, my name's Chris Christofferson. The guy will be like, Chris Christofferson. And look up and be like, actually, sir, uh, that's a that's right. perfectly normal fine name. And uh, it checks out. that at all. It
0: all checks out. You are a Chris yeah, yeah. Christofferson. <laughs> exactly. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's all.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Chris Christofferson, he just seems like a tough guy. That's all. That was my only point.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's wi-
2: and it, he's also one of those guys. He's A highway like,
0: man, right? Right? Yeah, he's yeah a highway yeah. man.
2: Absolutely, yeah. But he's like one of those guys, like Harvey Keitel, where like Harvey Keitel seems so tough. I forget <laughs> that his <laughs> his first name sounds like a cartoon duck. <laughs>
1: yeah, like his name
2: is Harvey. <laughs>
3: That's right.
2: You said Harvey
3: Keitel. I'm thinking Harvey Corman, yeah. and I was like, I, I guess he's tough. It. No, I did different. no,
0: different, Michael. I was like, <laughs> see, Harvey Corman <laughs> <laughs> is tough. Okay, I guess. See, Harvey Corman. Ted I
2: never forget that his name is Harvey. That <laughs> right. still seems funny to me. <laughs> Harvey Keitel. I'm like, oh right, his name is Harvey. Yeah. Yep. Like like the giant rabbit, or like a, or like a cartoon duck uh, that wears a diaper inexplicably, right. like something like that. Sure, sure. Sure. That's that's what that's what the name Harvey belongs to. Right. Anyway, we got off we got off track. That's okay. Chris Christopherson.
0: Yes. So you, this is like
3: the the hundredth time we're, we've talked about Chris Christopherson on the show.
0: I mean, the man he, has done a lot. It's has. not going to be the
2: it's not going to be the last time.
3: This show is quickly becoming a Christopher cast.
2: Well, he's like he's mm. our, slowly becoming our patron saint. Yeah. Like yeah. he is. He has come up a lot. It's so. funny because
0: as I was listening, as I was um like researching this and as we spoke about it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is really Chris Christofferson is a little bit of all right. Like he he gets it and he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. He like hmm. brought himself up by his bootstraps. He's like, you know, he, he he did his work. He almost left the business and he came back and we'll talk about it, but um all right. but yeah, it's incredible.
1: He's great. He's But great. he's
3: he's one of those people and this is before you even got into anything uh about him, but like you can sort of Depending on the day, think of him as Chris Christofferson actor or Chris Christopherson singer or Chris Christofferson songwriter. Right. He's he does it all.
0: Or Chris Christofferson cartoon duck.
3: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, star of the Carol Burnett show. I don't know where we were going with this. <laughs> but to the point that he even came up in our. Um, what is that song? Don't you want me? He came up in that episode.
2: mm. I don't remember, I don't rem- but I don't remember how but
3: because that that, yeah. that that song was inspired by.
0: Oh, a yeah, Star is oh, born. Yes, a star is that's born. Right, that's, that's right. right. It
3: starred that's right. Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. That's
0: right. That's right. Sure. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about this song. But it's great because it leads us right into the fact that Mean Bobby McGee" was written by Chris Christopherson, and mm-hmm. this version that we're going to talk about is was recorded by Janis Joplin. And it was released on January 12th, 1971, as a, sing- as a single off of her um, album Pearl. This, this version did very well. Uh, it, did, it was number one on Hot on Billboard's Hot 100, it was number three on Cashbox, and year-end it was number 11 on Hot 100 and number 29 on Cashbox. It also hit number one in Australia, uh, number six in Canada, and number 10 in New Zealand. Um, as well as you know, it, it charted other places, but you know, not not as high. But I will say this about this song: is though this is the most famous version, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. It's been released so many times. It was released mm. approximately, or it was recorded approximately twenty times before this version even came out. In oh, the wow. in the basically the two years before this version came out. The first recording was by Roger Miller, um, where it hit number 12 on the Billboard Hot Country Singles. It also some other um, versions at during that time where Gordon Lightfoot had a in 1970 had a version which, which hit number one on the Canada charts. And Jerry Lee Lewis had a version in 1971, which also hit number one, one on the Billboard Country.
2: Oh. So, yeah. His, his version was His version was uh, Me a Nice Lady. And I thought that was
0: <laughs> wrong person that's Harvey Corman. Oh. You're thinking Harvey Corman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. No.
2: <laughs> uh, Gordon Lightfoot. So, yeah. Didn't think we'd be invoking the light man. So, uh, no. Uh,
0: on listen. This, on this I'll episode. tell I'll tell you this. I mean, we're uh, we're jumping a little farther down, but we could invoke anyone. And have this song because this song has 200, uh, roughly 265 versions, including as done by Olivia Newton-John, Dolly Parton, uh, Loretta Lynn. I mean, everybody has recorded this song. Pink did a version live. Like, everybody has done this song. The interesting thing is, all right, well, I'll I'll just, I'll just start from the beginning. The song, so the song was written by Chris (laughs) Christopherson in 1969. It was all over the place. And I will say this too. There is a lot about this song and there is a lot surprisingly enough about Janis Joplin. There's a lot about yeah. Chris Christofferson. There's a lot about mm-hmm. everybody involved in this song. I am not going to speak ad nauseum about any of it because we would be here for forever. Right. So, just what I will say is if you want to You got to time, learn...
3: Rachel. You just keep talking.
0: <laughs> what I will say is if you want to learn more, go to your local library or look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> it's all here in my timeline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so as the story goes, the song was set as sort of a cordial challenge to Chris Christopherson from Monument Records founder and country music producer Fred Foster. Basically, what happened is Fred Foster he had uh, basically. Fred Foster had moved his uh, business down, and he was, would go down to visit another office uh, to see a friend of his, Boudlo Bryant, who wrote, do you remember, who we've spoken oh. to about before? Michael? Uh,
2: something, uh, give me something. him. I mean, his name is Boudlo, I would assume something
0: like... Go ahead. So, something like camp town races
2: yeah uh, yeah and, uh, something something very southern
0: he and his he and his wife wrote a song about a girl falling asleep in a movie theater wake up little Susie oh Susan. uh
2: yeah yeah Wait,
0: were you going to y- make a joke I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry no i was going
3: to answer your question oh sorry that's I, fine
0: i am sorry i ran out of patience um
3: so <laughs> anyway
0: he would go so fred foster was friends with bodo o'brien he, and he would go up and down to his office and after a while, after sort of the fourth or fifth time, Bryant joked that he was actually going there to see his secretary, named Bobby McKee. Well, Foster thought this was hilarious, and at that time, Chris Christopherson was. Wait, new- I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry. Well, did did he make up this name or this was a real person?
0: No, it was a real person. His secretary. Oh, okay. 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 Brian's secretary sorry. was named Barbara Bobby McKee. Gotcha. And okay, okay. no, that would be a real weird twist.
2: Well, that's what you Bar- like jokingly said. I was like, "Did he make no, up No, because a name? she was
0: like, you know, she was an attractive twenty-nine-year-old secretary, and it was the, uh-huh, you know, it uh-huh. was the late sixties, sure. so everybody sure. was like nudging, you know, gross, yeah, yeah. gross businessmen were always nudging each other about their secretaries. Um, right. But uh, so, so Barbara Bobby McKee was the secretary. Foster thought it was very funny, and so he sort of came up with this idea of sort of putting this challenge out to this new hire, Chris Christopherson, uh, gave him the title for the song and said, gave the idea that Bobby McKee was a woman to write a song about this woman, Bobby McKee. Uh, Chris Christopherson heard Bobby McGee and that's where the name change came from. And he no. battled with finishing the song for months. He said in uh, in an interview that he basically tried to ignore Foster for months because he didn't know what to do about it. And then he said, one day I was driving between Morgan City and New Orleans. It was raining and the windshield wipers were going. I took an old experience with another girl in another country. I had it finished by the time I got to Nashville. So it just sort of clicked. It stayed with him and it clicked and he wrote the song. And that's where we get me and Bobby McGee.
1: Wow.
0: There there is also a story where the song's plot is influenced by the Fellini movie La Strada. I read it over and over again about how it was influenced and I really can't see the connection. <laughs> but Chris Christopherson says it was a connection. So I I believe I believe our patron St. Chris Christopherson. Yeah. I don't know how. It's, it's there's a thing about it, basically he says this thing. I don't know much about Lestrada, but there's a thing where Basically, Anthony Quinn is like riding around with this girl, and he leaves her while she's sleeping. He comes back later. He hears this song that she played on a trombone. It turns out she's dead. And spoiler alert to a movie from the 1950s.
2: Oh no! But um, uh, Rachel, yeah, I was sorry. totally gonna, I was totally gonna watch that <laughs> Tonight, on my favorite right? <laughs> streaming service, a bunch of old movies you've never heard of. dot <laughs> com.
0: But um, but basically, he said the the idea is that you know Anthony Quinn's character wanted this freedom. How it's a double edged sword, um, much like in our mo- like in our song, it's a double edged sword,
1: mm. where he has his
0: freedom, but it also destroyed him because then he's super depressed that she died, and he's like, what could have been, and so on and so forth. Um, no,
3: I'm sorry. Let's go back, back one, for I a should... minute. She's a trombone yeah.
0: player. She plays a trombone on the back of a scooter. Back of a scooter because it's Italy. I don't know.
2: Can I actually take one further step back? Sure. Did Chris Christopherson finish his song and then he slammed into another writer and their papers got all mixed up? hmm And then that songwriter picked up the song that Chris Christopherson had written, which was about a secretary at a music uh, <laughs> studio. Oh, my God. Because doesn't that seem like the song that he should have? <laughs> I can't remember the name of that song that we did.
0: <laughs> that song. It's, um... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What was that song? Michael? What's our What's that song about? The she loves to hear the music. She
2: loves to hear, music. Oh, she loves to hear yeah, the music. Yeah, he he. What, he should, doesn't that Peter seem Allen. like the song he would write?
0: He like was like, "Whoa, Peter Allen, you got my papers mixed <laughs> like up like with your them. papers," <laughs> and yeah, that's right.
2: That's right. It just seems odd that he, he. I'm just saying, it seems odd that he wrote a song about a secretary yeah. at a music uh, company, and it wasn't the song about a secretary <laughs> at a music company that we did. That's all that's I would true. say.
0: That's true. That's true. That's very funny. That's a very good point. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even yeah, think about that. Yeah, Peter Allen
3: wrote a song called She Loves to Hitchhike Cross Country. <laughs> <laughs> or at least around Louisiana. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Um, so, finally, Chris Christopherson watched La Strada and ran into Peter Allen and wrote the and song. He was like,
3: I need to write a romantic <laughs> song about a trombone player.
0: Right. Mm, let's change it into a harmonica. So... The song finally was given to Roger Miller. Um, it was first recorded by Roger Miller in 1969, Roger Miller who I believe is of King of the Road fame. He is. Yes. Mm. Yes. So two differences in the lyrics stick out. Obviously,
3: by the way, two songs about like boxcar hobos.
0: I mean, that's his go-to.
3: Yeah. I mean, Roger Miller,
0: King uh, King <laughs> of the Singing Hobos, I believe is his name. Yep. So obviously it was first written from a man's perspective, though apparently Foster and Christopherson both like the idea of the fact that Bobby, the name Bobby, was ambiguous and could be sung by both a man right. and a woman. Uh, you know, and it, so it's, it was interchangeable.
3: So it's like the uh, new Broadway production of Company.
0: That's right. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bobby, baby, Bobby, Bobby. He also wrote Company, didn't he? That Chris Christopherson. Sure.
3: Yeah, yeah that's that right. sounds right.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nobody else wrote that. <laughs> um, so. So there's two differences in the lyrics that stick out. First of all, the original version is very country; like it just feels like a country standard song. Do you know what I mean? The Roger um,
3: Miller version or the Chris Christopherson version? N-
0: the original writing. So we'll get oh, to uh, it. But the original lyric structure, you know, um, and arrangement, which was done basically, as far as I can tell, most people did that version that way without changing any of the lyrics or anything like that. Um, we'll get to it later, but Janice Joplin really adjusted it, made it her own. So there's two differences in the lyrics that stick out to me. One is that nothing, don't mean nothing, honey, if it ain't free, is the Janice Joplin version. In the original version, it is nothing ain't worth nothing, but it's free. Which I think really changes how we look at the lyrics what we discussed there Mm -hmm. isn't as much there isn't really as much ambiguity to it right um it's it seems a little more sad this way i
2: think yes say that again what is it nothing is nothing
0: nothing ain't worth nothing but it's free
2: when but when he says free does he mean free isn't like you're free or free isn't like it doesn't cost anything
0: I mean, that's a great qu- question. That's something to ask okay. our patron Saint Chris Christopherson <laughs> just, in your prayers tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to
3: puzzle out.
2: I'm just. Tr- i literally just trying to puzzle out what that
3: means. I think what he's saying is 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 that it's free, like no cost. I think. Yeah, it's,
0: I think it's more that
3: there's almost uh, sort of like he's he's there's there's a feeling of like giving up on things in yes. that right. version where yep. nothing. Nothing has value, but at least it's free.
0: And huh. and quite honestly, even the 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 feel of the song at this point, like the the original versions of this song, have that feel to it. Even in the even in the orchestration, like even in the arrangement, it feels that way. Um, the other, so I think, yeah. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was gonna say, well, I was gonna say, because this also maybe feels like it's more of like less of the like, hey, we're freewheeling hippies on the road and more of just like we're literally hobos. Mm
1: -hmm. Like we're
2: we're literally Mm -hmm. like boxcar hobos. More you know, yeah. More of like, not like we're on an we're on an adventure and obviously there are troubles along the way, but you know, and more of just like, no, we're literally just flat broke. Yes and we are literally hobos. Oh yeah. Without going from place to place. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean I think so too. Uh the other one is just it's not really I mean it's not that big of a difference, but to me it's difference. It's a difference. The other line that get stuck out to me was, then somewhere near Salinas, Lord, I let her slip away, looking for the home I hope she'll find. I don't okay. know why that sticks out to me. Um, first of all, I-, I love Chris Christopherson. I definitely like Janis Joplin's reading of that line better than this. It yeah. just seems really, um, like, I don't know, muddled to me. It- it's almost too straightforward. It's almost right. too grammatically correct Uh, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't doesn't, like flow as nicely um and quite honestly as as a as a whole the melodic tone of janice joplin's version the strong melodic tone of janice joplin's version is lost in the original version the original version is much more like an old school country song where it's like it it just feels like this is going to sound terrible. And I don't mean it to be because I do like this version too. It almost seems like the song, the words are second, are a second thought. Then they're kind of like just mm-hmm. pushed in there and they figure it out from there. Um, but there are differences between the two versions. Um, and, and uh, it's really interesting to listen to it after hearing the Janis Joplin version for your entire life <laughs> and not realizing that there was another version until, you know, a couple of, weeks ago um (laughs) but it's uh it's it is really it's really interesting
3: so I just say that one line um in the Janis Joplin version what's interesting is it's just the addition of I think just the one word where she says and I hope he finds it yes it's almost it's almost like um she's saying like how how he slipped away because he's looking for that home. And then there's like the second thought of, you know what? I hope he's doing well.
0: Yeah. Like there, yeah, right? there's
3: there it's there's like a two parts to that statement.
0: Yeah, there's something about it that gets yeah. that, that is that it adds to it. It's really interesting. Yeah,
3: like that end I hope he finds it, as opposed yeah. to what what's what's the Chris Christopher Looking Eric? for
0: the home I hope she'll find.
3: Yeah, there's just something different. <laughs> yeah it's almost like he's looking for the home i hope she'll find it's almost like he's involved in that decision
0: yeah you yeah, know that's Whereas right yeah
3: in the janice joplin version like he slipped away and looking back on it she's saying and you know what i i hope that he finds what he's looking for
0: well and i'll say this too i mean going back to the, the Lestrada thing um you know if if it does if the plot does take it's a, a bit of influence from La and the idea is that Anthony Quinn's character left the woman that reads more this way, looking for the home. I hope she'll find, I let her slip away. Meaning it was my choice to let her slip away mm-hmm. as opposed to the Janis Joplin version, which feels like he left her.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So there is, yeah. there is that difference. All right. We, we put it together. That's how yeah, it, 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 it was influenced. That's we solved it. So good for us. Um, yeah.
3: also, um, the trombone
0: also something about a trombone
3: yeah that was that's a big difference so, is the trombone and the yeah. chris christopherson version
0: so before
3: being released whole thing's played on trombone
0: that's right so before being released by janice joplin like i said the song was covered about 20 times by people like charlie pride gordon lightfoot kenny rogers in the first edition in which instead of saying harpoon they say mouth harp they pulled my mouth harp out of my dirty red bandana which there you go and chris christopherson himself among Others, like I said, in total there are 265 versions of the song, sung by both men and women. I mean, every year seems to see about a dozen versions of this song. I mean, Waylon (laughs) Jennings sang it, um, Johnny Cash sang it. uh, Who else? I'm going through a couple of things. The um, there's like uh, UK versions. There are versions in different languages. Willie Nelson sang it. I mean, Lenny and the Lawbreakers. I don't know who that is, but I'm just looking at sure. it. Um, but I mean, ev- and- sure, uh, Lenny and Squiggy. Michael, in 2002, both Anne Murray and Jennifer Love Hewitt released a version of this song. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. I don't know what to say about that. But anyway, what I'm saying is everybody has, everybody has done this song. So. Uh, I'd it- like
2: to imagine that Lenny from Lenny and the Lawbreakers is listening to this and is currently texting his bandmates, being like you're not gonna believe this someone just mentioned us yeah on this podcast. <laughs> yeah it's really weird it's so strange um glad we did that version of me and bobby mcgee yeah did you know Janice choplin <laughs> did that did you guys
0: know <laughs> did you know but i was i'm telling olivia newton john for crying out loud did a version i mean it is crazy the amount of people she and she did it in 71 which first of all if you're releasing me and bobby mcgee in 1971 Uh, those are big cojones there like come on man i'm hoping it was released after it's like a timing thing
2: yeah i I mean i I don't know but but i'm saying but i'm
0: telling you there's like 20 versions that came out in 1971
3: well i feel like anybody who was releasing it anytime immediately after janice joplin was like this will be a real good album track like this isn't we're not this isn't a single we're not sending this to radio
0: i guess i guess but it is a weird it's a weird thing
2: But, I mean, you said, like, she, I mean, she, the Janis Joplin version version was 71, right? Yes. Okay. So, the first version is 69, then 70, then Jerry Lee Lewis in 71, and then, like, we've talked about this before, it's like. Guys, give the song a rest. Every I'm Chill out. T- Why does everyone have to record the same song? I mean, song? I am
0: telling you, go take a look at a place that I like to frequent. Here's a plug for a website, secondhandsongs.com uh-huh. that goes over oh, it's a, good a bunch of covers. It's a great site. And you just go through and see how many people released. Oh, OK, this is this. Yeah, I mean, about how many people have released this song in the 70s. Yeah. just so many people in the 70s everybody was like Bobby McGee is our song
1: it's yeah.
0: like it's not really but go, go for it okay <laughs> anyway it was also released on the Chris Christopherson album Christopherson and after the success <laughs> of the Joplin version the album was re-released under the title Me and Bobby McGee to feed off of the uh, the popularity of the song
2: wait the Chris Christopherson album was called
0: that? correct uh, they wow. re-released it yes yes so i mean listen it's, his, it's his song it's his song i guess yeah, so
2: I so i guess so wait so they
3: re-released they re-released his version of the single or they re-released his album
0: they re-released his album
3: oh that's interesting
0: Calling you know it. what's album. interesting
3: about that is the Christofferson album yeah there's another song on that album that mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson wrote called Help Me Make It Through the Night, which is one of the most amazing, beautiful, sad songs you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. That was a huge hit for Sammy Smith. And the same thing, like a thousand other people covered it.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, Chris Christopherson. <laughs> so
3: released this album like, look at all these good songs he wrote.
0: I'm not going to lie. I know Barry Manilow says I write the songs, but it sounds like Chris Christopherson writes the songs that everybody wants to sing. <laughs> um, to be
3: fair, Barry Manilow did not write I Write the Songs.
0: That's very funny. Um, so to talk and about... And in the,
3: the song, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about... I know, I know,
0: I know, I know. I music. Know. I, I get it, I get it. I know, I know, whatever. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Janis, so the Janis Joplin version... Let's talk about the Janis Joplin version. So the version by Janis Joplin was released on her most famous album, her second solo album, uh, after Big Brother and the Holding Company, which we'll talk about later. The album Pearl... Unfortunately, this album and the song Me and Bobby McGee were released posthumously. Um, she had passed away uh, f- only four months. Uh, it was, they were released four months after her death. The song itself was apparently recorded only days before her death in October of 1970. So she, re- she recorded it October 1970. It came out January of 1971. Very sad. She and Chris Christopherson were friends. They had uh, apparently had a little bit of a a love affair. Chris Christopherson did not know she recorded a version of the song until after her death. He was told by, I believe, her manager to come down and listen to the version she had made. And according to him, he then just walked around L.A. sobbing. And he additionally said that he had to get sick of the song so he could stop from crying whenever he heard it. The version... Became her first and only um, uh, Billboard number one hit uh, for uh, solo hit. It was certified platinum, and it is the second posthumous song to hit number one. The first being. Does anybody want to take a guess?
3: Wait, by Janis Joplin or in general? No,
0: no, no, in general.
3: Oh, was it? I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Was it? I want to say it's "Time in the Bottle." I want to say it's a Jim Croce song.
0: It's not a Jim Croce song. Oh, it's not. No, it is Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, Some people have said that Chris Christopherson wrote the song for Janis Joplin based on the fact that they had a brief affair and were close, but that does not seem to be the case. Um,
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those things that just seems logical. Like when you find out that Chris Christopherson wrote it, you're like, oh, he must have wrote it for her because she also seems... Like, also when you find out that, I mean, he wrote it, you know, right. and, and originally the Bobby sister, girl, like, it seems like the Bobby McGee, the female Bobby McGee is Janet Joplin. Right. Right. That almost like it or, or early, you know. So in your mind you're like oh yeah this all makes sense and then you find out like no none of that is true but yeah like it 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 makes like fairy tale logic sense when you when you don't actually know the backstory
1: right
3: and it's yeah, also such like the the what we were talking about earlier is like this the perfect combination of singer and song like the yes. song is meant for her
1: correct
0: correct right yes
2: yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I mean it, it is one of those things I mean he even. Um, you know, I mean, he kind of he kind of says that uh, he's there's a quote, he says, Bobby McGee was the song that made the difference for me. He's talking both about his career, uh, you know, about how how his career changed after it. And he sold Performing Songwriter in 2015. Every time I sing it, I still think of Janice. It's one of those things where it became her song um, because she because it was released posthumously and it was only recorded uh, days before her death, there aren't any. Uh, live video recordings of it of her performing it, and there's actually there is a 1970 live version that you can hear the audio of um, at a at a club that where she sang it. And she she talks about Chris Christopherson because he again remember Chris Christopherson is brand new at this point, and she says the song is by a friend of mine who is going to be really big in a year, and which is crazy because then he was kind of really big in a year, um, and so. And so there is that live version. I, I urge you to go find it. Uh, it's uh, from 1970, and it's a great. It's an interesting version. It's not as as uh, sort. It's not as what do I want to say polished as this version, obviously. But just to hear a different version of this song as sung by her is really mm-hmm. incredible. Um, Foster himself says about hearing her version, he. Uh, it's, he says he he drops the needle and when the voice comes in busted flat in Baton Rouge I nearly fell out of my chair and I was a Joplin fan but I didn't know that she could do anything but hard, but rock hard when she got to the middle part of me and Bobby McGee and she brought it down to the sweet and tender I thought man what a loss yeah that's a an understatement dude um, so <laughs> uh, Chris Christopherson also played an acoustic version of the song in honor of Joplin getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2013 And like I said, the song is I mean, the song is all around all over, you know, uh, you know, pop culture, things like that. So now let's talk about Janis Joplin briefly because it's Janis Joplin. And though she only Mm -hmm. lived 27 years, she is a an icon and there is a lot of information about her. So she was born January 19th, 1943 in Port Arthur, Texas. And even as a child, she found herself sort of drawn to the outcasts in school, and um, and those friends influenced her music. That's where she started to hear the blues of people like Bessie Smith, Rob Ma Rainey, Leadbelly, all those individuals, which really would influence her later work. Obviously, she's got very bluesy, a very bluesy sound. She started singing in high school. And side note, Dan, Michael, you can mm-hmm. check out for a minute. Dan, you might find okay. this interesting. Uh okay. s- side note, she went to school with Hall of Fame football coach Jimmy Johnson. Oh. Yeah, I good. don't know who that is. Um, but I thought Oh, he's a, he's saying? a
2: Hall of Fame football coach.
0: Oh, great. Michael, you can come back to us now.
3: <laughs> oh, good. I was thinking about tap dancing.
0: <laughs> so she was she was pretty straight laced when she was younger, but um as sort of puberty hit, she um you know, obviously the things that come along with puberty, things like acne and so on and so forth, yeah made her start to become bullied and asha she said school was really tough and like i said it led her to sort of hanging out with the with the outcasts um and and finding her way in that group so after a brief stint at college after high school uh where she performed with um uh with she performed with a group uh in college she found her way to san francisco in 1963 in the infamous hate ashbury section um which uh, is known for drug use and counterculture. And she seems to have dro- dropped right into that.
2: I just, that made it sound like that you were reading off of Haight Ashbury's resume. You're like, <laughs> uh, I'm a people person. I'm known for drug culture. <laughs> um,
0: she, yep, yeah, that's this, right. Uh, but this tourism I, I,
3: brochure is not doing a lot for is, us.
0: It is mm. a Weird. Um, she made some music at this time. She even performed at the nineteen sixty-three Monterey Folk Festival on sort of like on a side stage. And she met up with Jefferson Airplane guitarist Jorma Kaukonen before before Jefferson Airplane, uh putting down tracks like Trouble in Mind and Nobody Knows When You're Down and Out. Uh, just sort of with him and his wife at their home. And later that would be called the typewriter tapes. It's a bootleg because the only sort of sound is um jorma's wife clicking away on a typewriter which is interesting um hmm. i know so this first stint in in california that's when they did
3: their cover of nine to five
0: that's right yeah and then dolly was like i'll take that so <laughs> this first stint in california didn't last due to both the lack of her career taking off but also her drug and alcohol abuse and she was pushed by friends to go back to texas where she tried to clean herself up and she uh went back to college and tried going straight though she did still travel to austin to perform at times Uh, after being briefly engaged to someone who she had originally met in san francisco uh, and her time at college the pull of music was too much and she did find herself back in san francisco um In 1966, she joined forces with psychedelic band Big Brother and The Holding Company. She auditioned for them, and they thought she was great right away, because she was. And (laughs) that's where everything changed. Both the reputation of the band getting more and more uh, recognition and her adoption of her eccentric style sort of helped bolster her, her reputation. And so the band took off, making their major label debut in 1967. And if you want to see the birth of a rock legend, watch her performance at the Monterey Pop Festival as seen in the D.A. Pennebaker film. She sings Ball and Chain. And there are uh, cutaways where you see Mama Cass basically being in awe of what she is watching. It will give you chills. I will say this, it is a little bit of creative license because apparently the cutaways from Mama to Mama Cass are from their first day of performance, but it's still her reacting to Janis Joplin. Um, But you watch it and you're just like, there's it's, it just, you just see this energy happen. You're like, there's, there's no stopping this train. Like she's coming at you. There's, there's, it It is literally like looking at a shift in the culture. It's really incredible. I mean, she is the way she sang is was really such a a different way of thinking about female rock and pop performers. Just the complete grittiness of her voice, the complete abandon that she sang with at that time was very different. Um.
2: Yeah, I mean, she's. Just, uh, I don't think the phrase "natural talent" uh, has ever been better applied. I mean, it's otherworldly.
0: I mean, it's otherworldly. Yeah. I mean, whether and there are people that don't maybe don't get her voice because it is very different and it is it is very raw. But you cannot yeah. deny the power of it. You just cannot. Like there, there's now, there's nothing to do about it.
2: Now, what's funny is I saw a documentary about. Janet Chaplin years ago, and they had this footage of these very straight-laced, I'm wearing my Don Draper hat, mm-hmm. 60s um, journalists or whatever, reporters, yeah. who are interviewing her, and they are horrible mm-hmm. to her. Like, just horrible. Yeah. Like, and it's, and first of all, you forget, like, oh yeah, people just be, like, horrible to each other, but, like, they clearly don't like her. Yeah. And, like, I can, I can like, come with my own reasons why um, those being who does this broad think she is seems to be the, the general feeling you get from them. Yeah. But, like, it's crazy because, like, the questions are, like, so you're pretty ugly. How is that <laughs> yeah, when you're yeah. performing? Right. Like, it's, I mean, it's literally stuff like that. Like, it's crazy. But, like, yeah, I mean, it was, like, a sea change and, like, you can see the all the generation being like, no, 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 no. We, we do not want this to happen. And,
0: and and listen, she did have, you know, I mean, she was, she was sort of labeled as, you know, because she was sort of out there, she was labeled as sexually promiscuous and just sort of like a junkie by, by a lot of people. But I mean, she, I mean, there was just, there's just no denying her, you know, there's just no denying her. Um, And so in uh 1968, um, Janis Joplin, the big brother of the holding company, their ver- their album "Cheap Thrills" came out, which was a huge hit. And I remember looking at it when I was a kid. My parents had the album, and which my guess is like a lot of parents had this album. <laughs> I remember looking at the front because it was a um, oh, what is his name? I'm totally blanking on his name. Crumb. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Robert so, Crumb. Yeah. It was uh, he. R. Crumb. Yeah. R. Crumb did the cover illustrations. And I was like, what is happening here? And it was open up. Like, it was like, and he did like filthy, like his, his comics were filthy. And that was like, even yes. as a kid, I'm like, this is bizarre. And why do my parents have this? But it was a huge hit. It was, it was an album that everybody had. It was certified gold with hits such as Peace, My Heart, and Summertime but the emphasis on Joplin's vocals and the challenging process of the recording of the album caused tensions in the band. And so, um, uh, oh, so uh, another thing that happened at this time on April 7th, 1968, three days after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. And the last day of the East coast tour for the big brother and the holding company, they performed with Jimi Hendrix, buddy guy, Joni Mitchell, Richie Havens, Paul Butterfield, and Elvin Bishop at the wake for Martin Luther King Jr. concert in New York, so, but even at that time, it was pretty apparent that they were going to go their separate ways. And on December, uh, in December 1968, she performed with the band for the last time. They went their separate ways. They had too much tension with the fact that she was getting all the all the attention, and she was sort of being told that they're sort of a garbage band. Um, which was is tough for everybody to hear. Uh so
2: I don't think it's ever not happened. It's right? tough. Where the one band member gets big. Yeah. And like it always ends in <laughs> it always ends in breaking up. It always ends with everyone getting everyone else getting jealous. Like I don't think yeah. I don't I mean, I I'm sure there might be like a couple of of examples people can think of, but like Zach it attack. always ends that way. Yeah, the
0: Zach attack. I will say it might be, you know, one of the things might be if she had lived, maybe there would be a time where they would come back right, together. Right, right, Who right. knows? But it does seem that.
2: That's true. It, it might have been it, a momentary it, blip, but yeah, yes, of course, obviously.
0: But it does seem like there was a, a consistency issue. Apparently, like in the recording oh, and sure. in live versions, she was consistent in her work and the band was not. So okay. that's that's just what I read. So,
3: Did she only do the one album with them?
0: Uh, no, I believe they did two albums. The first okay. one didn't do much. Um, uh, okay. And it the first the one, was, I believe the first one was also on uh, Monument Records. Uh, the second one was on Columbia. So I think that was a, the bigger release and so on and so forth. So then in 1969, Janis Joplin performed for my parents and apparently a bunch <laughs> of other people at Woodstock. Uh, <laughs> Nice. My parents went to Woodstock and I could not be more jealous of them. I mean, I was like, I'm like, first of all, what do you have a movie? My dad went to Vietnam. My dad, my, my dad went to Vietnam. Yeah, my mom yeah. protested and like they went to Woodstock. Come on in a VW bug. Like for God's sake, yeah. come on. Um, but anyway, Rachel, I mean,
2: here, I, I, yeah, you, you know I, I I love both your parents. Yeah. I mean they're cliches. I mean Super they are cliches. literally like, come on. I'm just saying, <laughs> like you come were, on, I mean if you were writing a story about the 60s, I mean <laughs> they, they did everything. God bless them, but come, I mean uh, I'm, sur- I'm surprised. I'm surprised your dad didn't tackle Sirhan Sirhan <laughs> as he uh, shot Bobby Kennedy. I mean, Wait, come on. Did man. I not mention that my dad tackled Sirhan Sirhan? <laughs> uh,
0: ridiculous.
2: I mean, did I your dad jog across the country like he was everywhere? <laughs>
0: Forest Cup was based on my father <laughs> which explains a lot but uh, no uh, yeah, well,
1: anyway.
0: <laughs> anyway no uh, it was anyway so she performed at Woodstock uh, she sort of just thought of it as another gig even though the festival organizers was sort of billing her as a headliner and apparently when she was being helicoptered in and she saw the crowd she started to get really nervous and giddy and like saw, saw what, what this actually was in fairness nobody thought Woodstock was going to be Woodstock so Good mm-hmm. on her, and they already thought it was just yeah. going to be another concert, and then it turns out it was a literal culture-changing uh, <laughs> event. What are you going to do? Sometimes it Damn is.
2: Yeah.
0: So she released her first solo album with the backing band The Cosmic Blues Band in 1969, uh, the album called "I Got Dem Old Cosmic Blues Again, Mama," which I sound ridiculous saying. Uh, <laughs> that album went gold. And then in <clears throat> 1970. With a new backing band, the Full Tilt Boogie Band, she performed as part of the Festival Express Canadian tour with the Grateful Dead, the band, and others, which, oh my gosh, would you not love to have seen that tour? I mean, yeah. come on. That'd be incredible. Uh, during this time, she was recording her second solo at studio album, Pearl, which included me and Bobby McGee, as well as Mercedes-Benz, which apparently was recorded as a birthday message to John Lennon. At this time, she did a couple of memorable performances and appearances on the Dick Cavett show as well, um, which is why I mentioned I mentioned that because John Lennon and Yoko Ono obviously did what we're also on Dick Cavett a lot. Anyway, so um, if you want to see some great interviews with her and her saying man a lot and having like <laughs> she had that great way of speaking I yeah. and and interact her interactions with Dick Cavett are really incredible. So take a look at those. They're terrific.
3: If you ever said to yourself, "I need to see Janis Joplin and Gloria Swanson sitting side by side yes. on a sofa," you find that episode of Dick Cavett.
0: It'll blow you away, man.
3: Yeah, it's, it's great. It's something. It's great.
0: And she listen, and and she uh, again, even even in these. Um, appearances like she leaned into that sort of vintage super eccentric style that she had you know with the feather boa in her hair the big glasses all you know all that stuff it's just 60s yeah but but it wasn't really 60s at that point that it was her like it was. I, guess, I it mean, was I'm looking super, at it now.
2: I've never seen someone wear two feather boas in their hair. I, I mean, I mean, it, she's like,
0: it's she's something 40% else. Forty percent on
2: her way to being a muppet. <laughs> <Like>, something else.
0: <laughs> it, that's what I'm saying. You like, know this how is that the happened. Incredible thing. Yeah.
3: She yeah. She lost her feather boa. She's like, "Where's my feather boa? Yeah.
0: She's like, yeah. no internet it? it was in
3: her hair. And it's then like she's when like, I've, I had another one. She, I had two. Where did they go?
0: She does that the way I put pens through my ponytail. And I'm like, where are I get? And then I get on the subway and I have like 12 pens in my hair, like the secretary from Ferris Bueller. I start pulling him out of my hair. Um, but for her, it's feather boas. Um, so um, apparently I read that Mercedes, the, the song Mercedes Benz would be the last thing that she would record as she died of a heroin overdose uh, in October of 1970 at the age of 27, joining the infamous 27 Club. I'm not going to talk about her difficulties and her struggles with uh, drug and um, and alcohol addiction. It is well known, but it is just a really, really sad fact that this led to her only releasing a few albums. Uh, Posthumously, she released Pearl which went quadruple platinum and was ranked number 122 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Joplin was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995 and was given a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2005. And we could go, like I said, we could go on and on about Janis Joplin. Her influence on music, on fashion, on pop culture cannot be Overstated, And her brief but meteoric career has cemented her as a rock icon for all time. You cannot take that away from her. Um, it is one of those things that you everyone will always think what could have been how it how it, it, it's such a specific moment in time that these incredible icons of the culture all died around the same time do you know what i mean like it's and and it's just really incredible and her short 27 years and her short pretty short career i mean really her success was only four years three to four years her like real success was really only three or four years i mean it shifted the entire dynamic and the entire culture and it influenced so many people that you it's it's really just it's really just incredible that that short amount of time just influenced and, and just shifted everything.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you know, we don't spend a lot of time on this, but it it is one of my favorite, if somewhat morbid, uh, games I play with myself is just trying to imagine like 80 year old Janet Joplin walking around or Jimi Hendrix or John Lennon or any of these people who just sort of like, one day we're gone like it's just it's just really weird to think about like what what would she have done like what would she have done I mean, at 37 yeah, 47 57
0: would she had would she have shifted to something else would she have how how would she right would she I have mean, adjusted most, most would she have stayed you know like how how would it how would it have adjusted how would how would our culture be different if she no jimmy hendrix you know like you know uh, jim morrison if these people had lived past that time how would is there a possibility that the culture would have shifted you know
2: i mean yes things would be different it's really
0: (laughs) i mean it's yeah it's it's really fascinating to think about and yeah um and it's really sad but i will say this like i remember even as a little kid my parents were as as has been stated uh, very much children of the '60s, so Janis Joplin was playing at my home all the time, and she was one of the first voices I think I ever recognized. And uh, since then, I've just you know, I feel like when you when you hear Janis Joplin, if you have a if you connect to Janis Joplin, you do feel like she belongs to you in a way, and it's. That says something about her voice, about her vulnerability in her music and um and just in her ability to give so much emotion in every song that she puts out.
1: No. Agreed.
0: I could keep talking about her, but I'm not going to. Um, because we'll probably do another Janet Chafflin song, who knows?
2: Um, yeah, I mean I was gonna say too, I think there's probably I might even be guilty of it, like a you know, this thing of like, oh well she just you know, she was just a natural talent and she just got up there and did whatever. But I mean, the fact that she changed those lyrics, right? Yes. Even those subtle changes just shows how much thought she was putting into this. Yeah.
1: It, you know yes. What I, mean?
0: I mean, you, I mean, uh, again, okay. So you, when you listen to her song, I am a big car singer. I sing in the car a lot.
1: <laughs> okay. It
0: is kind of tough to sing Janis Joplin's song, along with Janis Joplin's songs, Because the way, even if you've heard them a thousand times, there's something about her connection to the song that is so organic and so natural that you can't force yourself into it. So there are these little things that she does. I mean, even in Ball and Chain, like the live version of Ball and Chain, in the middle of it, she just starts talking. And you're like, this is part of the song now. I I get it. Like, it doesn't feel weird. You're just talking about the song and you're just talking about a cat you know and and it mm-hmm. makes sense um so yeah i mean there's just you know she she definitely did the work she ha- she had a natural talent but she did the work and she had an understanding of how to get the most out of every song
2: right and just like the way this song starts so quiet yes right? and then by the end she's completely like unbridled and yeah her voice is cracking and stuff like but you know, she did, but she didn't start there. Like she right, understood right. Yep. how this stuff worked. You know, I mean, I don't even, I'm I'm almost, I'm almost hesitating to say that. Like, you know, I mean, obviously she did, but I'm just saying, I think people think of her as, you know, like this like force of nature, which she was. But she also knew how to. She was talented enough to know how to use her talents. Correct. You know, and not just be like this crazy force of nature. Yes. Right. She actually, there was a lot of thought behind what she was doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Agreed. Cool. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, guys, there's no question that the last few years have been a bit rough. Maybe you're feeling scared or anxious or confused and you just need someone to talk to. Heck, it would be weirder if you didn't. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and a peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Or you're not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles. And start feeling better. Because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy. That offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really all about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself. Because you are your greatest asset. And as a special offer to StorySong Podcast listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash song all one word. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash storiesong. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, we're back. It's time for lessons learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Michael, let's start with you. What lessons did you learn from me and Bobby McGee? Well, I learned two things. Um, what I learned from the
3: song is that... Um, sometimes when you feel like you have nothing, you actually have everything.
0: Oh, that's deep.
3: And regardless of whether you feel like you have nothing or whether you feel like you have everything, you will inevitably meet somebody who will remind you that you can always have less.
0: (laughs) Sounds like you're talking to somebody specific. I don't know why that is, but.
3: (laughs) Chris Christopherson knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I learned uh, from this episode is Pearl's an album.
0: Pearl's an album. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: love it. Good one. Um, I learned, I mean, this is not what I learned during this song. It's I've just learned that, guys, I got a head for business. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've always said I that. Had, so, I mean- Dan's business corner. So many, so many side hustles going on with these businesses that I've come up with. And, um, I mean, I'm just going to- I'm not even going to beat around the bush. I'm going to say it. Guys, pocket harpoons, okay? So, if you are in the ocean <laughs> and a whale is coming directly at you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right? You need a harpoon. That's the only way. Like whales, like like a werewolf to a silver bullet. <laughs> whales to harpoon. You got it's the only way you can you can get rid of them. So pocketer, you pull it out. Now you it does take roughly seven minutes to get it together. Okay, <laughs> so you're, there's a lot of screwing. Well, There's a lot of
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hold
2: them off. So you <laughs> got <laughs> you got to give it some time. You got to give it some time. But once it's together, you have my guarantee. Dent that yep. it will be a harpoon. I will say that you this, might end yes, up in the belly of a whale, but mm-hmm. look.
0: Dan, I will You can stand yeah. from the it's a whole song. Yes. I will say this, I I will stick by you when the Ronco people mm-hmm. come <laughs> to discuss its similarity to the pocket fisherman. I look. but I'll stand by you. It's I'm Dan, not afraid of it's speaking. Danco's pocket harpoon.
2: <laughs>
1: Thank so you.
3: Pocket harpoon. Yeah. I was I was thinking it was like uh like the if you're being attacked by a really tiny whale.
2: Mm. Um, That's
3: okay. right. a mini harpoon. That's
0: right. Those baby sure, whales. Sure, sure. Those little yeah. teeny, yeah, teeny yeah. whales. Not like, yeah. Like, what's the <laughs> yeah. opposite of like a great blue whale? A, a little te- itsy bitsy whale?
2: A small, small red whale. pink whale? There yeah, you That's my dad. Rachel, what do you think? That's a learn?
0: shrimp, Michael. You're thinking of shrimp. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? Oh, you're, you're yeah. talking about a, a cocktail fork. Yeah, yeah cocktail, cocktail fork. Yeah, yeah. fork. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Little dip, a little sauce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. What were we talking about? For a,
0: for the world's tiniest <laughs> Neptune. Um. So, <laughs> what a cute trident. Um. Here's what I learned. I listen. Even if you're a busted flat hippie, mm-hmm. you pro- you can you can scramble together some money for a map and three different colored highlighters, and what you need to do. Is you highlight no. three different routes on your map so that you can plan your, your road trip accordingly. And you, you know, give yourself options because freedom is just another word for having different options. But it doesn't <laughs> mean we have to exactly. go willy nilly around the country because right. gas prices now and in the 70s were out of control.
2: Freedom's just another word for all expenses paid, including tips. That's That's, right. Then you don't have to worry. That's right. Then you don't have to worry about it. There you go. So, six days, seven nights. Hey, guys. Freedom's um, just another word for roadside assistance. Yes. This has been the Story Song Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back next episode with another great story song. If you could follow us on the... Socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That would be great. And if you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you at your podcast, like Good Pods, that's a good place. Mm, it is a good yeah. place. Um, leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. Come on back next week. Um, we would love to have you. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. 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 Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook,
3: follow us on Twitter at Story underscore song, and on Instagram at Story Song Podcast.
0: And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the
1: Story Song.
2: Figure
0: out where to cut that, Dan. I can look it up for you.
2: I mean, I'll definitely cut it. I I thought you were gonna say like she was doing a lot of drugs, and you're like she was doing Kirk Douglas. (laughs) I was like, wait, (laughs) what?
5: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.